Devin wants to ride to the last sea. I know. I the wanna, one sea we haven't. I have, I have not seen the Arctic Ocean as a part of our country. I want to go there. I want to go to learn a motorcycle. <sighs> I want to so bad. I've been to every ocean on a bike. I have I been? <gasps> I have not been every to the ocean. Ha, okay, or every hold on. Does it does, does the Sea to Sky oceans. Highway count? I as, think I think it does because we were riding right beside the. ocean. We were riding, and we could have we could have yeah. pulled off at any point and gone to the ocean. But you're not going to drive your bike into the ocean, right? Like <laughs> right, we didn't ride into the, the into the Pacific or we, the, yeah, the we we were riding Atlantic, we were so. riding up the coast of Guess the Pacific what, Ocean in British Columbia. You swam in the Pacific Ocean. No, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, you're not dead yet. So Ooh, you can you still do it yet. next year. No, I'm just saying you don't have to put a timeline on it or say. It's a microphone check. Checky checky. Welcome back. I am so happy. <laughs> clinkies, Cheers. Clinkies. Clinkies. I'm going to say it right off the bat. Welcome to the Blue Collar Philosophy. I was going to say something else, but I realized I need to do an intro. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the Blue Collar. We have to do it. <laughs> welcome to the Blue Collar Philosophers podcast. This is your absolute favorite biker, Mike. That is your absolute favorite, Kickstand Braun. And we have a reoccurring beautiful lady with us. <laughs> <laughs> my beautiful wife Amanda Bo the uh we just call you beautiful Amanda so well I do I'm you call me beautiful gonna, Amanda just gonna keep calling her Amanda <laughs> I'm just gonna say Amanda it's Amanda. gonna it'd be really weird if I le- leaned into the <laughs> <laughs> into the bit yeah uh now what I was gonna say right off the hop that I realized I need to not do fasting sucks apparently mm-hmm. yes I don't like it it's not fun. It's hard. And just, I don't enjoy it. I know it's so important and it's good, but I hate it so much. If it was easy, we would all just do it all the time. Yeah. We'd be like, why, why don't we just, <laughs> oh, you like this thing? Don't do it. <laughs> what do you mean? I like that thing. Why would I not do it? It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't all the time. So Fasting grows a person, though. And that's the whole point. That's why it's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I love the irony because as you're not consuming things, you're growing. It's just yes. funny to me. It's, <sighs> yeah. And I, I, do you know what I really <laughs> hate? It's the people who are all um, hyper aware of the fast or not aware. Uh, they're pretentious about it. It's like, oh, I just feel like I get so much out of it. And it's just, that's all good. It's, it's never really that hard. It's like, it's hard, but it's not hard. I'm like, you're, you're not fasting the right thing. I don't know. It just needs to suck a little more for you. If you find fasting easy, f- fast more. <laughs> Apart from like not eating, mm-hmm. what's the hardest fast you ever did? Mm. Juice. I did a juice fast where all I drank was juice. That was worse. That was worse than not eating. Because not eating's easy. Because you're just like, oh, what am I having? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> and you just have water. Where juice, it... it um, Like store-bought juice? You weren't like making your own juice. Like no, juice no, no, no. Like juice, just fruit. any kind of juice. Like anything that I could juice, counted. <laughs> 
and I didn't get creative. I didn't like, oh, I'm going to have a carrot juice or a steak juice. I don't know. But yeah, just juice because you would get some level of substance like a Daniel Fast. I assume mm-hmm. the Daniel Fast is just hell because you're like, oh, thanks for food, which I'm still hungry. And I felt that way with juice. It actually made me more hungry because I was still getting the insulin dump from the sugar and stuff like that. And so it just oh, yeah, that would do it. sucked. It was really, really hard where water was easier because it sucked. But, you know, it's just the way it was. There was no hope. <laughs> yeah, there was no hope. You're like, well, I'll eat one day. And it feels like forever away where juice is like, oh, I'm going to, I can't wait to have this juice. And then after you're done, you're like, I just want more. I, just, I, just, I have to have something. So that that's why it sucks more. How about you? Um... The hardest fast I ever did was actually not a food or drink fast. It was fasting music. M- music? Yeah. So uh, for Lent one year, I, so that's like 40 days. Mm-hmm. That was only a couple years ago, right? Yeah. I feel like I remember this. Yeah, that was right at the, oh, man, that, you know what? That was probably like eight years ago now. <laughs> oh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel crazy. like I remember when you fasted music. Yeah. I don't. So I, I, f- I fasted all music except for worship music. Oh. And that one, that was the hardest. That like, would be. That really, really was was rough. Yeah. Did you get into like some heavy rock worship? It's like, I found one. Well, no, but that was the Technically kind of, worship. That was, that was the whole point was not to listen to music I liked. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, it was, it was really to. Music that I despised just a little. Yeah. When it was like when it came to, to music that like, you know, straight into hard rock territory, when, when it triggered that, when it, when it kind of fulfilled, Joy. when it fulfilled that craving that I was having, I knew that wasn't something I should be listening to. <laughs> right? <That's, laughs> I know it's worse from God in a great way, but I need to not do that. Well, because what was fulfilling to me about it wasn't the lyrics or the worship it was the, r- the rhythm, and... the sound, the riffs. It was mm. it was the, the it was the parts of it that were yeah <laughs> the anger, the anger coming from the music, <laughs> the joyous anger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it was basically stuck with like Hillsong and Delirious and you know th- things sort of like like that. I a history maker in this land. Yeah, and it was rough, man. <laughs> Found myself listening right. just to a lot less music in general. <laughs> I recently brought up CDs from our filing cabinet upstairs to put oh, in the that's right. Blu-ray mm. player. It's actually kind of fun because the kids are into it. So I have, like, we have, like, Reliant K CDs that they're into. Oh, that's fun. Um, the Arrogant Worms. Oh, I put a down here. The arrogant so, Worms. And, do you remember the band down here? Yes, I Christian do. band. Uh-huh. Yeah. And their last song on the album we have is like, <laughs> Rockstar it doesn't start until three minutes in. And yeah, it's, it's one like, of those hidden hidden songs yeah, at the end of the hidden gem. And the kids yeah. love it now. And it's just, rock I, stars need money. They can't, can't live, live on baloney sandwiches. Rock stars need mm-hmm. money and it comes from you. Podcasters need money. They do. <laughs> At least liquor sponsors. It yeah. was that was one of my favorite ways that a, that a band ever sold T-shirts after the concert. <laughs> I but I remember them like they actually came up here like played some shows. Really? I mean that's yeah, where they're, I they're a prairie they, band, aren't they? Like yeah, yeah. yeah actually, yeah. the the drummer for the band is a fellow named Tyson, and he grew up in the Mennonite Brethren Church. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's I where, feel that's like where, I remember that's where that. he learned to play drums. What I loved about down here, as as cheesy and corny as they were in a lot of ways. Musically, they were all over the place. 
if you listen to every instrument independent of itself and then listen to it with the other instruments, they didn't, it didn't line up. Their stuff wasn't perfect. And by what not perfect, I mean it was perfect. Like they, they had two different sounds, two different notes playing, and it just played together so well. I'm like, huh. And somebody else pointed it out to me, and then I started listening, and I'm like, oh, I'm confused. But the, it does go together yeah, really, really well. It's really if you, if you listen to like old old rock bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that from the seventies, you'll mm-hmm. hear that a lot. Where all the instruments are doing different things, but it works together in a cohesive in a mm-hmm. cohesive way. Yeah. So music was your hardest. Yeah, yeah, Amanda. that one. That one was rough. What was your hardest fast? Um. I don't know. I haven't fasted tons because uh, for a long time I was either like pregnant or nursing or something. So it's like I'm feeding other life or I just like laziness. Like when I was doing direct sales, I'm like, well, I can't fast Facebook because I'm a marketing individual. Because like, yeah, I need business. I have to post. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, the last three days was hard because I went no coffee. So the second day, <laughs> and I was I was barely eating. I was basically not eating. Yeah. Um, so that was actually hard because I don't think I've, it's been a long t- time since I've fasted that much. And I thought that I wasn't addicted to coffee. <laughs> and then I had a headache. Like first day, fine, not a problem. Second day, I woke up with a slight headache and had a headache most of the day. Yeah. And then the third day was... All right, although... She punched a baby. It I was did not really punch a baby. <laughs> um, although I noticed, be- I think this was, it didn't have to do with the coffee. I think it had to do with how much water I had consumed. <laughs> or not consumed. Because I hardly consumed water the first two days. Um, but like yesterday, all my muscles were sore. Like walking mm. around, like my calves were kind of sore and stuff. I'm like, oh, my body's eating my muscles. <laughs> In yeah. theory, I, you know, it would be great if it ate my fat first, but... Nope, that's nope. not how the human I mean, body I works. Did, I did lose weight. <laughs> you have to trick it to eat fat. That's right. You're <laughs> like, oh, I need these muscles. Let me just work harder. And I think if I wasn't the one responsible, like, for feeding the whole family... Oh, yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> that would she make would a big make difference. dinner and then just sit there and, like, watch us consume. <laughs> yeah, that's... That I mean, like that's hell. that's one of the things that that's gets... That's the definition tricky. of hell. Yeah, that's one of the things that gets tricky for me because, like, when... When I do fasting, I'm the only one doing it, <laughs> but I'm not the meal prepper provider. Yeah. So it's like, it's, See, that's unf- why the water it's unfair is. to expect Carissa to cater yeah. to me, a child and, you know, like feed herself when she's not doing what I'm convicted to do. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it gets a little bit tricky that See, way. See, that's why the water fast is really easy. Cause you're like, oh, do whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter to me cause I'm just drinking water. <laughs> like it does make Except like really easy. Because... When Mike did his water only fast for a month. No. I. But yes, but no. <laughs> Wasn't a full month. <laughs> okay, right. I expected him to sit at the table with me because I was like, I've been home with the kids all day. <laughs> and sometimes I was like, mm, this I was is like, torture. Can you not just be with us, please? And then. I did. Yeah, it was hard. I, I, it was no, hard. Sometimes I would be like, okay, it's fine. But yeah. the last three days, he's like, you can, you can move away. I was like. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> but part of that is because, yeah, I was oh, yeah, home with the kids Oh, yeah, when you were on your fast, day. I'm like, go away. Like, you, you don't He's have like, to I'm sit with us. I'm here at the table us. now. It's I'm fine. I'm with the kids. You can just leave. 
Like, I, I wanted her to feel free to do that. Like, you're not eating. It sucks. I know it sucks because I've been there. And mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing it with the temperament that it gives you and be around kids. It'd be, it'd be bad. I wouldn't enjoy it at all. I'd be like, I'm uh, going to yeah. punch all of you out of principle. This is not good. <laughs> so, yeah, no, seeing that, I'm like, no, you can go. Just chill. I'm fine. So. I fasted in other ways over the whole month of January, and it did inspire me actually to push myself more next year. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. Nice. Maybe full water only, but part of me was like, oh, I'll get really skinny then, which is not the whole point of fasting. So, Yeah, Actually, that was my think... motivating thing too. I really want to get skinny. <laughs> I actually think that the hardest part of fasting for me is not necessarily what I'm fasting, but taking the time to not be distracted by everything else I have to get done in the day and to actually be like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible or have quiet time or like make sure I have focused prayer because that is the harder part of it. Yeah. It's like, cause people diet all the time. Like, it's not like, it's not, not like changing your, your food or drink intake is that far out of the realm of just what people do, but it's the extra focus on the spiritual growth. That is the, that's where it really gets tricky. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was easy at the beginning of the year when it was still like technically Christmas break and my kids weren't doing school because we were all sleeping in. And then I could, when I did get up, I could just sit and read my Bible for an hour because I didn't have to do anything else. But then once it was like, okay, I need to start school with the kids. I was like, wait a minute. I can't. I I just don't have the time. I'm not (laughs) a morning person. So it's not like I'm going to wake up at seven o'clock and start. Um, is the gas they're making station more not drinks, working? So now I'm getting distracted. Um, what's wrong with the gas yeah, station? Yeah, it's just hard to wake up in the morning and then at night you're tired. So yeah, yeah. Nighttime is, I used to be able to do devotions at nighttime. Can't do it anymore. It's just the worst possible time of, of, of day. <laughs> Mike's trying to give our gas station bourbon dispenser CPR. It's not working. <laughs> He's trying to siphon it out with his mouth. I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm blowing. I'm sucking. Ah, wow. Wow. Come really, on. Mike? That's what she said. And I used that line already tonight. You can't. Yeah, but you didn't do it on air. doesn't oh, count. It does so count. Funny. There's no proof. Now you're uh, trying to out right, funny you got, me. You got to just go get a bottle then. Uh, you just got to grab a bottle. All right. Keep going. <laughs> well, I wasn't planning on going super long. <laughs> I, I find if I if the kids are like chill right after supper, I can. But if I wait until I'm already getting tired, like I just fall asleep right yeah. reading my Bible. But that would happen with any book too. You just can't keep your eyes open anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can yeah. read books. Hi. But it's it's strange though. It's like at night when you want to read, when you want to do anything good for your intellect, at night you fall you fall asleep. But if you just want to stay up and binge watch TikToks. I'll be up to three in the morning. <laughs> no issues. Oh, yeah. Heck, you've seen the ones I send you. It's it's just one of those things of you find it really easy to send it to people. That's easy. But to actually sit and read a book, that is one of the hardest things in the world for me. I am not good at it. I always fall asleep. Smooth. It's warm on the hand. It's not that bad. Uh, all right, so we got the cocktail smoker out tonight, pretty hard and heavy. I actually <laughs> found time to read this month because 
first I was just off of Facebook and then the but then I actually started to be on Instagram more and then the last three days I was off of Instagram and YouTube yeah and YouTube I listen to music on YouTube but then I also watch videos of people I subscribe to but that's often like when I'm prepping supper so it was like oh like I have to realizing the last three days mm-hmm. taking out all those like big social things for me mm-hmm. like social media not all social media but like well I guess it was all social media that I have yeah I don't have TikTok or Snapchat or TikTok TikTok I got X I've already said it a few times it's garbage and I realized it works. Like, I, I, I went on it recently again, and I felt myself wanting to get engaged. I'm like, nope, detach, detach. Uh, mostly because it, it's just not worth the fight. It's a bunch of nobodies or just, you know, everyone everyone else responding to triggers. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to participate in this. No, and then you get to feel really superior and, and good when you engage and, and yeah. debunk people's thoughts. And or, or, then you realize, I already do that on a podcast. Yeah. This is where I get to feel superior and engaged. <laughs> I Oh, um, good news. Last month was our biggest month ever. I... I kind of knew it would be like with, yeah. with, with the Bernie, amount of pushes, with burn, oh, everything. Kevin, with, with all the guests that we had on, like I knew it was going to be a big month for us. Yeah. Last week's episode was phenomenal. Justin, the one with Justin Butts and Direct Democracy. It was so good. It was so much fun. And he shared it like a crazy person because that's how he rolls. And yeah, again, best month to date ever. And hopefully it just goes up from there because... I love doing this and I want to see it continue. So has Justin's been downloaded more? No. Oh, okay. No. You were just saying because it's the most recent one you've released. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it's because yeah. of the most released. Yeah. Most, okay. Yeah. He's just saying, go back and listen to the one we did in Direct yeah. Democracy. It was very good. And Well, you posted it a day late earlier. Earlier, yes, because because Justin was on it and he wanted to It was be able so to he could listen to it. to it on his drive home. Yes. On his drive I, to work. L- so if you are a super fan <clears throat> and and you engage with us, we will literally <laughs> change our release schedule for your benefit. <laughs> if you're a good listener and engage. Yeah. If we know who you are and we actually give a fuck. <laughs> it's just a good experiment because if you realize that like, like Oh, Tuesday's if better. If there was yeah, if there was a, a big uptick because you downloaded on a different day, then it would help you Change yeah. your, yeah. Change our uh, our algorithm, our trajectory. It's uh, actually not an easy trajectory. Okay. It's like rural. I can't say rural. Rural. Do you know what word I hate? Feb. The month we are in Feb. Feb- February. February. It's February. F- yeah, it's, it's a silent R. It's February. a silent, it's a silent F and R. <laughs> uh it's such a and I, so I say the R just like raspberry. I I say the P. It's, oh, it's raspberry. It's like, no, nope, raspberry. <laughs> but it is a compound word, so you don't have to, like, pause in between. It's just raspberry. It's it's just to give you that little extra sauce, that. a little extra spice on that B note. Yeah. Just extra tricky for people try, with try and say a P impediments. And, try and say a P and a B at the exact same time. No. I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> I guess, yeah, we don't say... We don't say like, we say PB sandwich, right? Peanut butter. Uh, you say PB and je- jelly or PB and J. PB and J. But you don't say poo Like you don't. <laughs> Words. Poo-boo J. Uh, so with all this talk of fasting and pubs, uh, 
alcohol is back on the menu, boys. And I am super happy about it. It's I know. Uh, this is the first time you and I have been able to share a drink with each other mm. since the middle of November. <laughs> Fuck, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right, because December, you were fasting most of it. I was fasting the end of November and all of December. Yeah, and I was drinking way more than you. Uh, like, whenever we had a guest, it's like, oh, poor Devin. Oh, <laughs> well, it's okay. I did that to you. So. You did. You did. You Turn about fair play. With Kevin on, he's like, uh, Kevin's like, oh, is this a treat? Oh, is this a... Like, he never had an old-fashioned, like, the way you made it. And he was not ready for it. He's like, this is really, really good. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Sh- shut up. <laughs> Actually, in December, I did ask Mike. I'm like, so are you going to not drink since Devin's not drinking? And he's like, no. Frick no. You're not bound I'm to my do what wins. I want. <laughs> That's right. In fact, I might drink extra. So <laughs> that being said. But, I, we, but we better enjoy it because sooner or later, Lent's coming along. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lent. Do I? Uh, I'm going to keep, I'm going to claim my Protestant roots on that one and be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> it's the 40 nice. days before Easter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep that one too, don't you? Yep. Yeah, that's actually the big one. That's like, the big one. Yeah, for for uh, for us, um, Easter is the biggest is the is the biggest religious holiday. Yeah, well, it should far, be. It far. should. The fact that Christmas gets as much credit as much credit as it does, it should be yeah. Easter. Eastern Orthodox. <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> love it. Okay. <laughs> no. No. That was a great that was a great mom joke no. right there. <laughs> I feel like it's something my kids would do. Uh, it has nothing to do with geography. It has everything to do with the word Easter. And if oh man, actually, if we, it we, actually uh, does have to do more with Easter than Eastern, uh like the dra- <laughs> I'm going to fucking Okay, cuz Easter is um the weekend when March ends and April starts. Uh for y'all. Uh, for us, it's yeah. For us, <laughs> it's actually calendar. It's yeah. It's it's far f- better. It's later. Oh yeah. So I was thinking from our from like Western, <laughs> quote unquote Western. The, the only reason which comes from the word Easter. Yeah, um, cowboy. <laughs> the only the only reason it's like that is because like after the two splitted. Splitted, <laughs> split. After the two split, uh, the Catholics they they rejiggered the whole calendar based on the Gregorians and their you know math superior. and stuff like that. that it, it is math. Yeah. It is a superior math. Like the <laughs> the Gregorian chal- calendar is oh, it's, the it's, best one it's ever. It's the made. standard. It is well, yeah. not and it's not arbitrarily standard. Mm-hmm. It is by far arguably the best calendar out there. Yeah. But that sh- it shifted everything a little bit over, and so since the old the old calendar uh, isn't as precise with the sun, and doesn't have leap days and stuff like that in it, the the dates kind of shift away from. So what year is it from for you? the Western? I have no idea. No, nobody <laughs> nobody cares about that. It's just it's just traditionally when you come on like the 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 high holy days. Yeah, like you they celebrate it on the same the same schedule that they always have, but it just drifts away from yeah, from what the Western one is. Yeah. But it's not for any reason other than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Asking what year to it was me, for you. it's kind of like, um, it's almost like how Quebecers, they, they're Quebecois. certain. Yeah, like those who are Quebecois. Quebecers. Quebecers. <laughs> 
Cue Beckers. Oh, don't say the cue. Anyways. Ah, oh, that felt so good. Kind of like how there's there's certain words that they won't say because in this is what I've heard. In France, they actually will use a lot more slang, but Quebecois is like no, like they they're like we are not gonna like they don't put English slang in because they're like no, we wanna be unique and special. Well that's it. So when, I feel when like you're that's when like you're a minority culture. Sorry, what are we looking at? Uh Hello, Disciple Grinch. My name is blah, 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 blah. French words, French oh. words, French words. <laughs> wow. You got a friend request from, from somebody from the old club uh, just now. That's amazing. That's why I was laughing. It and happens, it's, and it's like partially in French, too. And I'm like, we're talking oh, about Quebec. Funny. We're talking about words <laughs> uh, that they don't say, like, uh, <clears throat> and stuff like that. Yeah, in France, it's not a thing. No, they don't care in France. In Quebec, yeah. it's all that. It's like, yeah. oh, fuck the church, and this is how they swear, is by using mm-hmm. church words. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, when you're a minority culture in a, in another culture, you have to be very, very specific and diligent about preserving it in order for it to exist. Otherwise, just lackadaisicalness will, it'll just be eroded. It'll fade out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll just fade away without really a whimper, and nobody will notice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's one of those things where, even though the Eastern Church is now everywhere, in the pockets where it does exist, it has to be fastidious in order to maintain Stay what alive. makes it unique. Yeah. Well, and then you got, look at look at what the United Church is happening to the United Church right now is where they're actually fading into oblivion because they're becoming so diluted in what they actually believe mm-hmm. that it's coinciding with the world where it's yeah, like, oh, the, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Is that like the Anglicans? No. No, uh, no, no. The United is a different one. That's a... Uh, yeah, I know it's a different one, but I feel like Anglicans are doing the same thing. Not, not to the same rate. Not, yeah, not, pretty, like, not so nearly to the welcoming. same extent. No, no. The Anglican Church was actually created so that the King of England could remarry. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was their schism from Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which one was that? But uh, they've, yeah, so Anglicans, they have a couple different streams within it. Like not denominations, but they have parts of it that are really still very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Like extremely Catholic, minus certain things that have to do with Rome. Yeah. Then there's others that are kind of like more reformed, and then there's the progressives. The progressives have faded away to oblivion because, like, and just like the just United. like the United, it's when you just let go everything that makes you distinct in order to get more young people, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> like, to, to assimilate, and like, oh, to, to wealth, assimilate or, um, with the culture, right? You, yeah. you wind up just being nothing. Like, what more do you have to offer them yeah. uh, that's different than what they already got? Yeah, they don't need you now. It's like, oh, you, you are completely <clears throat> diluted to the point where you make no difference at all. It's like, oh, well, if you're just accepting it the way that I'm, I am, I have no need to attend. I have no need to tithe. I have no need to assimilate to your beliefs or understanding because yeah. it's what I already believe and you're you're affirming it. Yeah. People well, need to be called to something. Some of those denominations, as far as I know, are like, you know, they have openly gay priests and stuff now. Yeah. And they're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, <laughs> but which I think is like mind boggling. But I'd like <clears throat> to say it's not it a is. dig, but it's totally a dig. It's a dig on them. Yeah. Of you it is. you but offer nothing to you, the world. You got, you got to understand though. Like that's not just the Anglicans or no. the United. Like that is, that is Western Christianity in general. Yeah. Cause like every, like every denomination has that problem now, even your own. 
Yeah, to to an extent. I think our church is pretty good about. Um, our church is different than our denomination. Yes. He didn't say yes. our church. Okay. I didn't say Sorry. your church. I didn't say your church. Okay. Yeah. No, it's very very different. But like <laughs> like, like uh, evangelical evangelical conferences of all sorts are, very, are having the same struggle. Yes, of where to draw the line of firm, not affirming, but to well, yeah, that's, progressive. That's exactly uh, it. No, pro, of a progressive ideal or assimilation. I wouldn't say affirming because I don't know. Which is too bad because they're not I guess fight, they're fighting against affirmation because the whole idea no, is to call against it. If there's no line in the sand, where'd that go? <laughs> you're, you're new to this still. <laughs> I'm going to do the mom thing. Do you need to open up your water bottle? <laughs> Not yet. Um, I haven't even opened up. It makes it difficult because if there's no line in the sand or no, like, you know, where do you draw the line, then why do people still feel the na- need for Christ? Well, that's why, the, that's why they're dying. Or not literally. That's why the churches are dying. Speak it to the microphone, you amateur. You can hear me. Mike. Give me a second. (laughs) We can hear you, but everyone else can't. No, they can because they they can hear. Anyways, that's why the churches are dying is because, yeah, they have nothing. You're not called to anything. Yeah. And, you know, and conversely, Islam is on the rise. Yep. Very, very much so. There's in, a lot in the of West. people. Even uh, even people I've met are like, "Oh man, I really like Islam." And I'm like, "Oh, I'll see your cool, you know, fucking little boys." And it's like, "What?" And it's like, "Yeah, they're totally fine with that." And it's like raping women. It's like, "No, they're against rape." It's like, "No, they're against raping Muslim women." If you're not a Muslim, it's totally fine. This is to bring you to. However, <laughs> what most people see when they look at it, though, is a marked cultural difference. That yes that rejects what our culture is going headlong into. Yeah. And again, like I know like we want to paint with a real broad brush <laughs> when it comes to Muslims. Yeah. Because, you know, us versus them. Well, the, well, but, we the the, the but, way the same way that people paint a broad brush against Christians. Right? Yeah. And Christian Christianity is so much more multifaceted than you could be when you're just like, you know, like Yeah. Like, oh, those guys like Yeah. You know, it, it is it is still tribal <coughs> nature of of uh, bad intentions and, yeah. and bad faith. Like, I was I was listening to a Muslim speaker today on like w- with a podcast, and I was like, man, like this guy could get people. <laughs> <laughs> just really good, like oh. really good, <laughs> like yeah, like this guy. Like I'm sure I am sure he is responsible for many many people converting. Yeah, because of just the way and the passion he speaks, the integrity that he seems to have, like mm-hmm. the, like all that stuff. I'm mean, like. If you're struggling with the way this world is and you're watching Christian churches just go down. Oh, yeah. Just just completely letting fly whatever and going down the way of of being, like, affirming and, and just giving up everything that made you unique and set a stand mm-hmm. for a concept called holiness, regardless of whether or not it winds up with what you like. But this is something that you need to stand on. Yeah. Of course, when you hear somebody like that talk about their faith in such a way that seems to have integrity and charity and like just like general winsomeness. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to be like, maybe there's something to that. Maybe, maybe this thing that I've grown, this church that I'm part of is not. Yeah. (laughs) It's not right. Yeah. Well, it's really difficult when the whole world is telling you, it's like, oh, they're all bigots. They're all backwards. They're all this. And like, you are being, 
you're, so you're taking two bad views at a time. One, Muslims actually stand for something. Christians are not only soft, but they're also considered bigots and, and just horrible people by the world, even if it may or may not be accurate. And well, I mean, let's be let's be honest. By the same token, you know, Islam is very bigoted too, we're, right? Like let's, more, more so. <laughs> yeah, we're not chucking anybody off buildings. Like I'm just. <laughs> But they're not lately, the, anyway. They're at least not trying to apologize for That's it. That's true. That's true. At least they stand by it. They stand by their children killing. Listening to this conversation, mm-hmm. the thought came to mind: Do you think other religions, like um, Islam, for example, do you think they have as many denominations as oh, no. Christians? No, 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 no. They got it's small sects and stuff like that, and like some. I mean, From obviously, my there's understanding, like extremists. there are people who see other Muslims as lesser Muslims because they're from a different line of Muslim or uh, uh, of uh, people. Yeah, but in general, there's two mainstreams: Sufi and Sunni, which yeah. have a couple different a couple different particulars. And yeah, they fight amongst each other, but no more than we fight amongst ourselves. Yeah. But like just without we yeah. we don't do it with bombs. We do. They it are with much, <laughs> much, much more united than Christians are. Oh yeah, like to to a degree that's not even comparable. Yeah, hmm. and it's really unfortunate because well I don't know. I, would, I think our division is, is their the holy way book have, more strict. Is yes. it? You don't like? Okay. I feel like because we I've, have I've lots never, of different denominations. I've never read it, so it, I can't speak. Yes, but if you question its validity or even we need to discuss find the idea both. of destroying it, they they will set you on fire. That's not me discussing the idea of destroying it. Just saying, I know I'm padding my language here and I don't normally do that, but I am not discussing destroying it. But if you did discuss it, they would like make an example of you. If Christians that, that, dis- it disputed. That depends entirely where you would do it. If you were to do that here in the West, you would have a conversation with an imam or somebody like that. Like yeah. you would be, you would be in a conversation. Yes. If you did that in Iran, you would be, be in trouble. But that's yeah. a cultural thing, not necessarily the religion. Yes. Well, in Christianity, if I call into question the King James Version uh, translation, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we understand. Like a lot of like a lot of things have changed, and our understanding of the language has changed. Oh, you call into que- question the King, uh, New King James. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, we understand. Uh, even uh, the Message, the Passion Translation, all these other ones, you can call them into contention and not be stoned over it. Where yes, their book, if you were to call into questions its validity or its uh, holiness you would be smited by the, you know, messengers of Islam. Uh, I Allah. really think you need to talk to more Muslims. <laughs> I talked to a few. <laughs> like, I don't so like maybe, it. Maybe in a way that's our problem is we have multiple translations of the Bible. <coughs> and so then. Oh, yeah. Regardless of translations, there's multiple denominations. denominations. Yeah. And so maybe they also just have a higher reverence mm-hmm. for their holy book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hence, again, that that is actually one of the things that it's a, it's a benefit into, and a flaw played into my my path. Yeah, I got. I got the orthodoxy has a pretty firm uh, firm translation that they stick to, or no, that's not necessarily. That's not necessarily it. Like because there's Greek, Russian, Aramaic. You know, uh, there's English translations like. All translations, no matter what, have issues 
in translating, right? Because yeah. languages are just not the same at all. No, no. As much as people like to think that like they is, are. Islam, they, theirs stays in Aramaic. Yeah. Or, or sorry, in, in, I forget what exactly the, the language is, but it stays in that. I mean, like, yes, there are translations that people read in order to like spout off when you're having discourse. Yeah. But. You can get them in English. Yeah, yeah. But when it's read in worship, it's always in the original text. Like there's always that root back yeah. to the foundation through their scripture, mm-hmm. which I think is powerful. And that's something that, that's something that actually the Catholics had for forever until shortly after the Reformation. It was always Latin. Yeah. Which was the common tongue. That's something that you could learn no matter where you were in the world. Really? Yes. People say like, oh, they use Latin in order to keep the common man from understanding yeah. the word of God, you know, awful, yeah. awful people. No, they use Latin because that was the language that you could learn, whether you were in England, whether you were in Switzerland, whether you were in like the, in the Arab world, whether you were in Italy, anywhere you went, you could read, you could learn Latin. It was as ubiquitous to the world at the time as, as English, English is now. now. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like that's, it was, it was. I them. never, I, ne- I never like to assume the bad faith view of, oh, they didn't want anyone else to understand it. I think it was more of a traditional take of it as like we speak it in Latin because we spoke in Latin. But when Latin died as a language and they didn't conform to the world, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Because well, it they was, did though. Well, they didn't later. It takes time. It takes time. <laughs> <laughs> These things take. I'm just time. saying, like they did get, it did yeah. become a power thing after a little while. Where when Latin died, and they continued just using the Latin translation and be like, "Oh, you'll understand," because we tell you how to understand. Which mm. it did happen for a period, uh, but it wasn't. I don't know. It, I don't think it was as long as everyone thinks it was. I think it was shorter, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. Anyway, like I, that's one thing that just attracted me to both Catholicism and Orthodoxy was being in something more rooted to history itself mm-hmm. and just having more of a sense of more of the sense of a universal church that was united mm-hmm. rather than like splinter sects all over the place that had their own confessions, their own creeds. Yeah, but how own... are you supposed to find a new sect of orthodoxy? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but what if you disagree with your pastor and you just want to leave? <laughs> Then you're just you don't, not you're being. In for life. Then you're going to. Have I mean, like if you until you quit. Yeah. If you let's 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 say you had, let's say you had a, a parish where there, you know, the the priest stumbled, did something awful, like yeah. you know, was slept with the secretary. Yeah, something like that, right? Then there's a mechanism for removing that priest. Yeah. Or like you could go to another, you could go to another, another parish or anything and like, be like that. And be like, hey man, something. going But you're not, here. you're not changing your creed, signing a new membership. You're still part of the one church. Yeah. You're just not sitting under the spiritual guidance of, you know, of, of, of an abuser. Yeah. He gets ousted. Yeah. They, they usually, they're pretty good at dealing with their hey. priests, I hope. Where is the language Latin from? What country is it from? Italy, yeah. Rome, Rome. Yeah, that mm. was that was that was the the language of the Roman Empire. Like they inherited Greece because they kind of took over the whole Greek world. They inherited Greece as their common tongue, but they developed Latin as their own, and then slowly the whole world kind of switched over to Latin. Mm. Speaking of Greece and Latin, 
<clears throat> and Rome and all that. Have have you been listen? Have you been listening or reading till we have fa- faces yet? I have. I finished it. You finished it? Yes. Oh, I'm at the tail end of it, and I just you know kind of got distracted and. <laughs> but I know <laughs> I working but, but with we're, people. We're gonna have an episode where we gotta review it. Oh, I know. I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, simultaneously, I had a hard time with this one. Yeah, it was not what I expected it would be. Nope, <laughs> not at all. <sighs> I had never read it before. Like, I had no real idea going into it what I was in for. Why'd you suggest? Did you guys listen so to it? So that we could actually, like, yeah, encounter what, something no, that, no, on equal what, footing. Save what? it for the episode. Yes, I know. We'll get there. But <laughs> what made you think of that book in particular? Um, well, I'd I knew, never I heard kn- of it. That's I knew you were getting into C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And I love C.S. Lewis. Yeah. And it's a book I haven't read from him. Yeah. Which there's only a few now that I haven't read. Yeah. So I knew it was one I haven't read. I guaranteed it wasn't one you had read. So I was like, <laughs> oh, this is one we can actually encounter for the first time together yeah. from C.S. Lewis. And like, there's no preconceived notions on either did side Did you both of us. listen to it or did you actually read it, I listened Devin? to it. You listened. 100%. <laughs> and, and Mike listened. Uh, well, that's presumption. Yes, yes, of course I did. <laughs> I was going to say, did you not listen to it yet? That's not on me. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like five eighths. No, I gotta be, I gotta be right near the end. I don't even know exactly yeah, where I'm I at. I binged but. it in a day and a half. At fuck work. you, what? Yeah. Okay, lately Mike's been on jobs with terrible reception, or he can't, or bad people. Yeah, just so or he can't but, listen to stuff. Yeah, so I need to actually re. I need to go over the, the part two part of it. Yeah, again, before we actually do our podcast. But I'm, I'm looking when you forward can actually to it. listen to it and not just hear it. Hmm. Is that why you need to go over it? So you can listen I, and not just, uh, just Just to refresh, because like I was ready and raring to do the episode like last week. I was like, yeah. are we going to do, are we going to do the seatless oh, right. seat? Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? Are we going to do it? In the meantime, you li- you've you listened to a bunch of other things. And so you're like, oh, yep. I guess yeah. I. So, a lot, <laughs> so many things. So many things. So a lot of you it is. You guys got to make notes on your phone. You know, yeah, I know you keep saying that, but. <laughs> this happened last week because Mike's like, oh, it sucks having no service during like. Oh, during it's the horrible. day. But you also and know I'm what like, sucks is stopping in the middle of listening while you're at work to try and write down a note yep. and then quickly do it and get it away before anybody notices and get back to work. Well, yeah. he has his phone anyways. So I was yeah, like, but I was physically it. working. Or like it wasn't do a like, voice memo or something. I don't know. Nope, no. Nope. Because he said, oh, there's things I wanted to talk about with you. And then he forgets half of them. <laughs> or it's like a dump after work. And I'm like, okay, like. Slow down. I've had people talking to me all day. Yeah. Hi, four kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Till we have faces. Going to be a great episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't listened, I don't know. Get the footnotes. Get, figure something out to get a. They got to make a YouTube video of like here's a just about what it is. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to listen to that, hey, before can I we get audio books on my phone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most, most phones are capable of it. <laughs> it's funny. The last few weeks at Youth Group when we had speakers, they're like, can you put music on, Amanda? I'm like, I don't have Spotify or iTunes or you anything. Do. You like, do have all that? You just don't use any of it. No, I think it. I delete them because I don't use them. <sighs> Would you delete them for space? <laughs> just like they I can't mean, have, to music. I never, I never use the calculator on my phone, but I don't delete oh, it. I use the calculator on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need this. I Delete use, it. I use YouTube for Home music. Home screen deleted. Who uses Google Files? Deleted. <laughs> Pictures of my children. Waste of space. 
<laughs> oh, sorry about that. Anyways. You're 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 just one of the uh, people now, so you get you get it with both. Brothers. I actually I like physical books. You, me too. Maybe the I like them has existing. It. Oh, there's probably yeah, probably has it. I'm reading a book right now called Last Child in the Woods. Lost so, child or last, last child? Okay. Last child okay. in the woods. Ooh. Last child in the woods. In the woods. It's about how basically. So woods. Which child was it the middle? Over time. I think it was the last. <laughs> basically, over time, kids are not playing outside anymore. And how will that affect? Like, right now, the book was ta- just talking about where will our future environmentalists come from? Parkour. They seem like the type. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy was talking, the, <laughs> the author was talking about building forts. Lots of kids, their first experiences are like random planks of wood. He was saying that he used to, they used to basically steal them from construction sites. They would wait until the workers went home and then they would go get some wood. The best way to acquire And they're supplies. like, actually, Devin. like, you know, now thinking about it, it's stealing. But when you're a kid, you don't think of it that way. It's like, and oh, they're look, like, they're not using you know, this. They would pick up nails that were dropped on the ground. Which, Rolls of them. I mean, that part is fine because, you know, no carpenters go around picking up their nails anyways. That's true, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying... Um, the most recent example in the book was that his friend, who was an environmentalist, was all excited because they had this part of beach and treed area that they had made into like a reservation, like it was preserved. And he's like, oh, like, so he's telling his friend, oh, will kids get to build forts and like dig holes and stuff like that? And he's like, well, I don't think so because it needs, it's like supposed to be preserved. Well, how well are they going to enjoy nature? Well, they'll have like walking trails and stuff. Well, how did you enjoy nature as a kid? How were, what were your first experiences? And the guy realized, oh yeah, my first experiences were digging holes and building forts. Did you big, did you build forts? Or you, you dreamed of a treehouse. I remember that. We all dreamed. We did of, build like we all dreamed of a treehouse. <clears throat> um, in Charlie Lake, when my dad built our house, he said that he would use a bunch of the fallen trees to build us a tree fort, and then he never did. <laughs> Yeah, that happens. Years. So we were waiting. Years. That so happens. Okay, Devin, we were organized. I had a notebook. I found it a couple years ago. Lemonade stand and everything. We did a lemonade stand for a little (laughs) while at the end of our driveway in the summertime. And because that boat launch was active at the time in Charlie Lake, it's like closed off now or whatever. Whatever. People would go to the boat launch on their, like, to go boating. And they would stop for lemonade. And sometimes, one time we had Americans, they paid us with American cash. And we're like, sure, we'll take it. But, you know, we made half-decent lemonade, a cup no, of sugar. No, lemonade. Like, <laughs> no, but I've had crap lemonade. A cup of sugar, a cup there's, of lemon juice. There is. There's lemonade and then there's lemonade. There's powdered the lemonade and there's lemon juice and sugar lemonade. <laughs> is that lemonade? We didn't fresh squeeze lemons. Lemonade, the, the Mexican kind. Lemon aids. But this is what we did. We did... 25 cents a cup and then 10 cents for a refill because if, if it's a hot day, they'll, they'll stick down around. their drink and then, you know, they want more. Did you so, lace it with crack just to make sure that they came back or? No. Oh, Sometimes we also marketing. sold cookies, but I found a journal where I, like we were organized. So we're like, when we make $10, we're going to buy like a table and chairs or something like that. So it's like, 
we were such children. We had no clue. But we had plans of like we were designing our fort that dad was going to build us. We were thinking about what we would do. We wanted like bunks built into the walls. Yeah. Which would have been super cool. Yeah. If dad had actually taken the time ever, to build it. Rest. Ever loved us. Yeah. And- <laughs> Do you ever build a fort? Uh, out in the, at my buddy's place. We used to do it all the time. We used to like build the fort. He would build them on his own time too. But he, he was a farm kid and he had like multiple spots of trees. And we'd go down there and we'd play war. And he had like sticks that they, he actually made shaped like guns. And so we went full all out like everything. It was. Uh, it kind of made me wish that I hadn't. I had. That we didn't cut down the crab apple tree. Oh, in our house? We're not yeah, gonna be here. here long enough. We'll 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 get another tree. Yeah, that would have been a hard one to have a fort in. It was yeah. It was Well, it was short and it was like the trunk broad. was like framed in, so it was like it went but, out. But broad. the actual trees, like the branches were broad enough that we could destroy them and make it. We could real. climb it. I would yeah. climb the we, tree. We don't to make really crab, have much trees apple. here that would work for forts. Like you, you need to use you multiple, would, multiple Yeah, you trees. would you would need to bridge multiple trees with, with lumber. Yeah, which works, which which can work, but it it is a lot more work up here to actually do that. Where yeah. when I where I was at, even in Quebec, man, the trees we had there were so good. And I was like, we can make a fort. And I was like sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely kind of bumped up the urge to want to move. Yeah, get because in the country. I think we've already decided right that basically, when we're financially stable enough to think about buying a new place like we want land i'm not saying anything crazy but like you know three to five acres would be great yeah and it she made me think like farm. i really want trees and i really want like a creek because that's where like imagination can really go wild and our youngest is four like our kids are 11 to four and so it's like they only have so much time left to like oh, play like that yeah right? i remember one one of the places we had and i wish we stayed there longer but one place we had was in motney like right kind of as a kid as a kid yeah okay uh so it was right you know where the four-way stop is where we always turn left or right either go to the old clubhouse or like yeah yeah go to the highway so you go straight kind of up that little hill yeah yeah you told me that yeah right at the top there there's a little house that we that we built at one point and behind it was a gully with a little creek at the bottom really yeah my sister and i would spend hours and hours down there with the dogs like ambling around, crawling. We would walk through it to get to our neighbor's place. Like that was, that was really? one of the most amazing things for that era in time was to have that gully outside there. <sighs> Although I remember one time Crystal drove a snowmobile in there. It was one of her first times driving snowmobile. And she panicked when she realized she was heading towards the gully. And she cr- just And she just white knuckled white knuckled <laughs> the handles not grabbing the brake just squeezed the handles and, and with that's the, with where the, thumb the throttle, throttle is the thumb with throttle with the thumb throttle just pinned it <laughs> straight down there oh i blame your father <laughs> <laughs> he's not oh, listening we I can was, blame him i was so pissed oh, you, how old were you at that point i was probably like 13 or 14 yeah I was so pissed though because like, I didn't give a crap that she almost got hurt. Not she, a care in the she world. This skidoo. But she almost fucked that skidoo up hard, and I was super pissed because that was my ticket to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is something about a young man, a young child, and their ticket to freedom—the driver's license, the car, the 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 mobility. 
mm-hmm. that comes with it. The bicycle is your first ticket to freedom to do what you want. And that's why even my kids having a bike now, it's like, oh, this is a little terrifying, just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yep. Because you know, like, that's he's going to get a taste of freedom. And he's going to know. It's like, oh, this is what it's like to be independent. And they're, they, they, they thrive for that. They want that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have to be cool with it because to uh, box them in is to destroy their spirit. Like, yeah. you got to let them just go. Oh, frick. I just, did you build forts at the family farm? Uh, yes. <clears throat> so many. Really? Oh, we, we played with them until I was like it? 25. We used to like paintball with them. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Mike's family... Currently, his aunt and uncle own the land and the property. Yeah. But prior to them, it was owned by his grandparents. So they call it, everyone calls it the family farm, even though, like, it's owned by one set of aunt and uncle. Yeah. But we go there, like, okay, I'm doubly related. <laughs> yeah. So Mike's. <laughs> it's it's weird, but legit. Don't worry, people. <laughs> Mike's cousin it was a weird and my wedding. little sister are married. So my sister and I have the same, we're both married, but we have the same last name again. Yeah. So. You ever go to a wedding and not know? I'm sure you have. You know what it's like to go to a wedding and no, 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 not know. No, actually, like. never. No, Mike's you like do. Even, even amongst the weirdness that is the Mennonite uh, <laughs> the family, family bramble bush, tumble bush, I've actually never found myself in that position. It's horrible. I get called a traitor. <laughs> okay, yeah. So when my sister and Mike's cousin got married, he's like, "What side do we sit on?" And I'm like, "My sister's side." I'm like, "There's less of us." Just yeah. sit on our side. We are French. I am French, and we multiply. <laughs> okay, well, his dad, there were six brothers. Currently, there's five. My mom, her brother one, died when she was pregnant with yeah. me, so it's like, it's literally like your dad's, one branch whereas yeah, your dad's versus family. four or five branches. So Yeah. And so, yet, my dad only had anyways, two brothers. Anyways, doubly related, my family has a farm out in Alberta there. Yeah. So we've had it for years. We have weekend campouts in the summer. But it just, while you guys were talking, I was like, I wonder if there's forts in all those there trees. There are forts. Because I'm in, sure they're still there. Everyone's into you dirt pro- bikes and quads. You could probably find them. I would oh, yeah, climb no, exactly. on them. But no, I would. <laughs> well, yeah, I was starting to think. I'm like, we should totally, next time we have like a family campout out there, mm-hmm. we should try to tell everyone... They're, Let's build forts. Okay, you know the. Um, I know this is going to be kind of you know inside baseball. No one's going to know what I'm talking about when I say this. But you know, as you enter the property, there there's some mm-hmm. trees on the left hand side. In front of the house. In front of the house. Mm-hmm. Right there. There's. I feel m- like I've seen that one. Multiple tree forts in there, and we play paintball. My brother got a paintball right underneath the chin because my cousin like li- no. My buddy Kurt lifted his gun and shot him right in the face. And he had a beard still. Like we were playing paintball as young adults mm-hmm. and he had a beard when since he was fifteen. So he got shot right underneath the chin and it it left a scar for a long time. Oh yeah. Have, <laughs> Who is have that? you ever you ever and shot brother, you, said? Yeah. Oh. you ever shot somebody with a paintball and felt bad about it? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I've done a few of those. <laughs> but like how much land is there? Quarter section? Oh no, they got a they got a pretty good. Or is it a section? Good, I think it's a full show. I don't know more. They used I to have, can't remember. They used exactly to have how many, many acres. Air, acres. But, but there's there's a lot of forested, fully treed areas. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it would be fun if it's like a Bowdoin camp out, and there's like 30 of us. It would be so fun to like all build forts or have like a fort oh. building competition over the weekend by families or something. I think it could be really cool. Uh, I don't think this. I'll is have to trade. talk to Vanessa about it. 
You guys, like, you guys, is, you guys can have a paintball. This war. is new At the that plan. Point and be in-laws oh. versus normies. <laughs> oh, I messed with my mic. Uh, I got it. <clears throat> uh, I fixed it. Thanks. Not a problem. Uh, yeah, we could <laughs> paintball. We haven't done paintball there for years. I like uh, would kind of like to be into paintball, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to voluntarily get hurt. I've got an old Tipman 98 sitting at home that hasn't been fired in like 20 years. You still have a Tipman? I remember when we were rummaging through your parents' stuff, and I was like, oh, paintball stuff. And a Tipman 98 is <laughs> what still in the world? a great paintball gun. It was, yeah, that was the, the, that was the base model. Like, that was the sports dirt. Yeah, but it you was could, like. You could do whatever you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Is it on great. Trudeau's band list? Oh, probably. Probably <laughs> we're getting banned oh, just for saying the word. Funny. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but there's a lot it was, of stupid guns a, on Trudeau's list. It was, a, it was list. a brand of paintball gun that's highly customizable. Yeah. Mm. Do you know? Do you know what is on Trudeau's list? Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> it made the list. There's rifle in the name. It I, says I just Black imagine, Rifle. It must be a gun. <laughs> I just imagine uh, was face Trudeau like like Chris Jericho. You just made the list. <laughs> oh, no, what I saw today, Devin. Mike saw it too, so who knows if you saw it. Um, Michelle Ferreri, she's a conservative MP. She brought to the House of Commons a petition today about um, a vote of non confidence for Justin. But it's the highest numbered, like, there's the most signatures on this petition than, like, ever but in it's history. An- E E petition. It's an E petition, yeah. It's and an so there's like permission. less than five hundred thousand people who signed on it. It's like it's the biggest in history. Well, that's, like, that doesn't that's mean because anything. those petitions mean nothing. Yeah, they really they do. never have. They just it's it's virtue signaling being able to say, hey, we have this many people who think you're a piece of shit. But that's not hard to find. We could do that with our audience here. One hundred percent. No, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think you would 90, get that many very easily. Ninety-eight percent of our audience thinks Justin Trudeau is a giant hunk of garbage. I'm quite sure is I actually safe? signed I think that petition. Safe. But I think even Vanilla Will does. <laughs> yeah, he was my he was my two percent that I was saying. <laughs> well, his dad Will's said that he voted for NDP, so I know he's not a Trudeau <sighs> fan. Oh, I got I got. I think I have more problems with NDP than I do with Justin Trudeau, because <laughs> they're just. Uh, I don't like them. I'm not trying to speak too disparagingly. It is kind of interesting. Hey, know what I learned this week? No. I'm teaching. Okay, my kids. Our kids are homeschooled. I'm using a curriculum right now. We're doing a unit on Canadian government. Mm-hmm. One of the videos we just watched was about. I think it was like a prime minister overview. And this one prime minister was prime minister only for like less than three months. But basically there was upheaval in his, in the liberal party. And he did something stupid is his, the other guy got voted out. And so he became the, the prime minister and he called an election basically the day after he got elected, like the, after the switch, because it was, Basically, the Liberal Party was already in, whatchamacallit, and they just switched leaders in the middle. And he called an election right away. And so then he lost the election. So he was only only in the prime minister position for a couple months. Anyways, um, he was friends with Pierre Trudeau. And so the story on this video that the kids watched was quite interesting, I thought, because... 
Pierre's wife was super pregnant and they wanted to go to um, mass at midnight. I want to say it was Easter, but maybe it was Christmas or something like that. It was like whatever. And so he had phoned his friend who was like the prime minister or whatever. And I'm drawing a blank on names. But so Pierre and his wife, who was super pregnant, went to midnight mass. And the next day, Justin was born. That's interesting. You know, I kind of like that. That's humanizing. It is humanizing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like when people say all the stuff they know about Justin and all the crap. It's interesting to know he was born, like, the day after his mom went to Mass. I wonder if his dad was there. You know, Castro. I wonder if Castro was <laughs> <made it. laughs> I thought that might be coming. <laughs> uh, oh, golly gee. Uh, I hate to be that guy, I but think it's the fun. same video said that Pierre Trudeau and Castro were friends. Yes. And I did think it was interesting. Whatever black and white photo it was, I'm like... Yeah, he definitely looks more like Castro than Pierre. All right, but Pierre, Pierre Trudeau, carried a six-shooter, six-shooter, snub-nose revolver time. all the time. Got to respect that. Got to respect that. I'm like, he, he uh, yeah, he's a man of the times. I, I miss those. You, you know when, when the son takes over for the father, like in the same role? Yeah. You know that, that... They're at the same time lesser. Like they're trying, yeah. they're trying to live up to the person their father was. Yeah, but they're a lesser character. It's because they're trying. Their father was just being who his father was. Yeah. Where the son coming afterwards, even myself, I know I struggle with this uh, of trying to be a, a man similar but not like my father. Like I want to be, I want to have that authority when he speaks. I don't know if you know this, but I, when he speaks to my father, he speaks with authority. He speaks in a way of, I'm going to tell you how it is. Even if he's wrong, he's going to speak in a way that you're like, he believes this down to his core. And I don't carry that same uh, that same spirit in me where I'm like, I'm a little more, I don't want to say gracious, but more. Um, yeah, your dad's very um, outspoken, confident in what he believes. Yes. I was just going to ask, what do you believe down to your core? <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe that everything should be questioned at all times, even the things that I think, even things we said we shouldn't question should be questioned the most. Where my father... But that's automatically going to put you in a position where... Questioning you, the questioning. Oh, yeah. My question's <laughs> that, everything. That's going to that's gonna put you in the position nothing. where the you don't have that authority because yes. you're undermining it as you speak. Yes. Which is which is a difficult place to be. Well, simultaneously, I but wanna, that make, but that is a thing that makes you your own person. Yes, and so I'm not trying, but at the same time, I I do appreciate my father having that confidence in what he's saying. Is like, no, the Bible says this, and so we'll have a conversation about prayer. And and he's like, well, what do you mean by prayer? So he'll break it down and be like, uh, talking to God. It's like, well, that's not prayer. And I'm like, well, okay, well, talking to this. And then he's like, yeah, but that's not this. And so we're having this conversation. And he will break it down very, very well in a very confident way where I'm almost submissive to what he's saying. Like when we were talking about, I talked about um, saints and how we pray, how, how uh, Orthodox and, and, and Catholic, uh, Catholics pray to saints and mm -hmm. how they don't believe them to be dead. And he's like, yeah, but they are. I'm like, no, you can't, you can't do that. 
you have to understand where they're coming from because if you're going to disregard what they're saying, you're not actually taking into consideration what they're saying. Yeah, he was talking to his dad about what and he so, learned from when you be, you guys did an episode with Father Matthew. Yeah. Yes, and well, I, mean, I, like, I really enjoyed that. I mean, do you do you believe that Jesus didn't conquer death? Do you believe that people that are saved are in hell for all eternity and damnation? Or do you believe that they're alive with Christ? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much on the he conquered death. <laughs> right? Like and it's, so, but, so like when, when but his understanding of it was different from what the facts or, or from the orthodox view of it was. And so as much as he can disagree with me and he can disagree with you in a lot of ways, because I do, yeah, okay, I understand where you're coming from. That I do believe that, but I still believe death happens. I believe that you don't, once you're dead, you're gone. Is what you are, and you don't get. So to you come. don't exist. Uh, no, I exist somewhere else. I, d- I don't exist on this world. I don't exist as you know me. I exist outside. So you're a different of creature. You're not human. Yeah, I'm not human. Not no. You are no longer your soul. You are. You're no longer Living what you were. And so that's my understanding of death, right? So. I have that understanding. Well, simultaneously, I understand where Orthodox comes from is they don't see death as death. They're like, no, you're alive. You are alive in Christ. You are somewhere else. Like, your 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 body is dead, but your spirit is alive. Well, I am more than just my spirit in this moment, <laughs> at this time. When my body dies, I am dead. Oh, so you're a Gnostic. Spirit, uh, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> so, I'm defending you here. Hold on. <laughs> so, my father in what we were saying is we had a very, we, he was shooting past it in a lot of ways. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 you can't do that. You can't Just keep missing what the point is. Because then you don't have a good faith argument against it. You have a bad faith argument. It's like, oh, they're worshiping the dead. It's like, no, no, that's not what they're doing. So I'm having this discussion where I'm getting to have it with him and simultaneously being taken serious. So I'm, I'm seeing his vulnerability. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, too, where I understand when people... Like, I'm, I'm kind of being a bit of a... Yeah, facetious fucker. I'm being, uh, yeah, I'm being <laughs> facetious right now and, and just trying to, like, poke holes in what you're saying. But I understand very, very much that our concept of worship is different than your concept of worship. Yeah. Your concept of worship in our language is what we call veneration. Mm-hmm. It's what we call paying respect. Yeah. <laughs> And our concept of worship is something different. It's actually the, it's offering. It's making mm-hmm. offering to God, like sacrifice versus adoration. Yes, because like I can adore you or you. I wish you would. Right? <laughs> Does that mean I'm worshiping you? No, not at all. No. When I ask you to pass me the bourbon, am I offering you worship in asking <laughs> request? <laughs> Pray thee, pass me thou bourbon. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I shall grant yeah. it. It's not worshipful to my. No. Yeah, no. It's 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 just it's just the, yeah. It, no, you're it's, acknowledging my capability yeah. of doing something while simultaneously yeah, when, requesting. When, when I say like, you know what? I think this fellow is going to be a great prime minister for our for our country. Am I worshiping him? No. You're just acknowledging a fact. When yeah, when when we went on. November what about 11th. If you wear a Pierre t-shirt to a prayer meeting. <laughs> right. Like are you yeah, are you offering him worship? Are you? Are you offering Pierre worship when you wear his t-shirt and go to a prayer meeting and pray for him? 
I actually don't think I've prayed for Pierre. I've prayed yeah. for Trudeau. Okay, there you go. But, um, but I when, don't wear Trudeau shirts. Yeah. So when we went to when we went to the memorial on November 11th for Remembrance Day, yeah, we all gathered around a monument dedicated to the soldiers who died for our country, sang songs of their sacrifice. Yeah. Paid moments of silent, revered who they are and what they've done. Yeah. Were we, and we, we sang songs. Of we, their sacrifice. Of yeah. their sacrifice. We adored them. Mm-hmm. Did we worship them? No, I would not classify that as worshiping personally. My arms weren't up. It wasn't worship. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. So like. It's a very evangelical thing. What you. I gave up my time, but of nothing else. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you gave up your time and your attention, which is very yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Right. True. So what you do on November 11th is closer to, it's it's very, very close to what we do for saints. Yeah. That's that's about it. Well, it, apart, would, apart, it would be considered what we do for saints because we, I'm not saying we, we worship them or, or sorry, we um, uh, elevate them to the point of sainthood. Well, simultaneously. You do. The 100%. People, no, they, we do. They, I'm they saying are, we They do. are the secular saints of our, of our country. Yeah. I was going to say it's the only like thing we have monuments for, really. Mm-hmm. Anymore, well, yeah. What what would happen if somebody went and pissed on that statue? They get in a fucking beating, right? Like because oh, yeah, they would try to find them. Could, because why? Because you don't fucking disrespect people who have fought and died for this country, right? Yeah, you respect them. What good is it to respect dead people? <laughs> Making a whole well, lot of sense over there. <laughs> right? Why? Why are you respecting dead people? They're not here to hear it. Because it's honoring their sacrifice. Why? Because their sacrifice meant Move something. Move on. A whole bunch of people in this country aren't doing it and they're getting along just fine. Yeah, because... Well, are they? Are yes, they? they are. No. No, I think because we just ignore the sacrifice, Because of the people, sacrifice. They might be getting it, along, it's but not they real. are not getting along. Right? But, like, that's actually iconography. That monument sitting in the middle of our city... We're converting to orthodoxy. It's iconography that people pay reverence to. Yeah. People sing songs mm-hmm. of their of their accolades. Do you acknowledge it when you drive by even even without knowing? Without knowing it, you do. You do. Right? You see it and you're like, that's 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 the monument. Can you corner. can you do can you, you re- monu- do you yeah. do the same thing with any other corner? Right. No, can like you recite house, the lyrics house. to O Canada? Yep. Okay, go for it. Go. Oh Canada, our home and native land, true page of Oh wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, true and patriot love for all our sons' command. In all our in sons' all, command. In all our sons' command. With glowing With, hearts, we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. Okay, too much now whiskey. I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> Who are you singing to? Whew. An idea. Because I'm not singing to an actual place because uh, it's... it's because I don't know all of it. I don't know the North. I don't know a lot of parts of it. So we're singing to an idea. Are you worshiping it? I don't think so. No, you're not. You're venerating it. it, it I, is don't, pre- I don't think so. Like, Our national anthem, I kind of consider it a prayer. Because it sa- it, in it, it says, God keep our land glorious and free. Uh-huh. It's a ven- and when, I, when I'm in... A circumstance where I'm actually singing the anthem. <clears throat> okay, Mandy, you got to stop. We're going to convert to orthodoxy if he keeps. No, you're talking. not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do that. That's I'm what not I. Trying to do that's that. what I feel, especially with the turmoil that our country's facing right now. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's been that way for a while. I have a red Canada Day t-shirt that I've cut into a tank top. And one year, I think it was probably during COVID, that I actually wrote in Sharpie on the back, God keep our land glorious and free, because it doesn't feel like it is. No. And, At and, least and in the we, middle of COVID, it for sure didn't. And we also keep a um, we keep a Bill of Rights right thing. Right? Yeah. You you have a Bill of Rights of the enshrined Constitution of Canada here. So by your standards of what Catholics and Orthodox do for for saints, for the tradition, etc., if you consider that worship to the saints, then you're doing the same thing to Canada in your home. And we don't consider it that way. But we will project that onto faith that we don't completely understand. Correct. Can I tell you something else fun I learned about Canada <laughs> while teaching my children? As long as you tell it better. You are horrible at telling stories. I'm Kate, just going to say it. Did you know that Canada was originally called the Dominion of Canada? Not Based off of the Bible verse that he shall have dominion from sea to sea. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Which is in our... Is that not from sea to sea? Is that... It's in there. It's not in our national anthem, but no. it's in... Is it in God Save the Queen or... No, it's... Or is it a slogan? From sea to sea to sea. It's probably sea? in one of the verses. Because we have three sea... Yeah, it's probably one of the verses. You're right. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. But we have... We're surrounded by three seas. Yeah. So I think that's cool yeah. that it de- the word dominion of Canada... W- dominion was chosen off of a Bible verse. So... Yeah. Devin wants to ride to the last sea. I know. I the wanna, one sea we haven't. I have, I have not seen the Arctic Ocean as a part of our country. I want to go there. I want to go to learn a motorcycle. <sighs> I want to so bad. I've been to every ocean on a bike. I have. I been. <gasps> I have not been every to the ocean. Ha- okay, hold on. Does it, does, does the Sea to Sky oceans. Highway count? I as, think. I think it does because we were riding right beside the. ocean. We were riding, and we could have. We could have yeah. pulled off at any point and gone to the ocean. But you're not going to drive your bike into the ocean, right? Like, <laughs> right. We didn't ride into the, the into the Pacific or we, the. Yeah, the we we were riding. Atlantic, we were so. riding up the coast of Guess the Pacific what, Ocean in British Columbia. You swam in the Pacific Ocean. No, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, you're not dead yet. So Ooh, you can you still ain't do dead it yet. next year. No, I'm just saying you don't have to put a timeline <laughs> on it or saying, like, say, I haven't arrived because I haven't <laughs> but, done this. But like, how, you've got how, time. It's it's just one of those bucket list things. You got to right? ride to the Arctic. And, if, not, and it's, if not this year, next and year, it's a, whatever. It's a bucket list thing to do with my father, who's only got so many good riding years left. That's true. So that's that's, that's one yeah. that actually is kind of on the priority. It's a little list more time sensitive. Even if we do it, even if he has to do it twice. <laughs> and oh yeah, and he actually mentioned <laughs> that like of all the people that he would like to have with us on there, you would be one of the few. I know. It's I just think making there's it you, happen. I but... think there's you and Jim. <laughs> that would be Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but if Danny... Yeah, if Danny can't yeah, make... If he, da- he would, if, Danny he would... Was, if Danny was here, that would be... And capable, and like things were uh, lined up, he would be like, no, Danny has to come. Yeah, 100%. Because I know he feels that way about Danny. Okay, yep. Danny's on, Danny's on the list officially. <laughs> if, if he could do it, if his dream list came up, it would be the five of us. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, it's kind of like his bestie and his son's bestie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like the son he never had. <laughs> Screw you, the son in law. In all, no, in all honesty, you are. We were talking. We were talking on Sunday, and he was like, "I need to have. I need to have Mike and the whole family over for dinner." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, 
this he's he's thinking about it and being like he's he's feeling like he's missing time with you i know i know because we spent so much time i love your dad so much because it's sometimes i'm kind of like oh well we never have them over for for dinner but i'm like "Mm, i make pretty like humble food (laughs) which they're fine with i'm not saying my food is gross i'm just saying like i'm not fancy every single person i work with is like i have to come over for dinner because they, they see the leftovers I bring for lunch, <laughs> they're nice. and they're like, how the fuck are you eating so good? I'm like, They'll my wife. They'll be jealous when you take butter chicken tomorrow, hey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get oh. butter. I, I'm surprised you didn't grab a piece of naan, naan when you were up there. <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> it's not I, I had just finished it's, dinner. I was uh, pretty full. But <laughs> it's be- still on the table time. <laughs> believe you yet. me, <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> After cooking three meals, well, I don't cook lunch really, but okay. No, After cooking supper, lunch. I'm often pretty tired. So it's funny on nights when Devin and Mike are recording, if I haven't put dinner away, they often come up famished and Devin's like, oh, a snack. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Podcasting takes it out of you. I 100% will pilfer food <laughs> off your table. And I'm like, well, I guess if I didn't put it away, fair enough. Uh, are we going to even hit on what we came here to talk about? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. We got, we, we have to hit on When it did otherwise. we start? <laughs> it is 10.15. An hour and 15 minutes ago. <laughs> this has been fun, though. I've really enjoyed just it's, shooting the breeze. I know. Amanda is so fun to have on. You, Beautiful Amanda. I don't know what you're talking about. You guys have talked most. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, know, but it's your 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 presence here brings a different energy. And yeah. it's, it's novel it, spirit, and enjoyable. The spirit changes. I'm sorry. It does. The spirit does change when you have different people. Like, like Justin this, brings one yeah, spirit. Bru- Justin brings a whole different vibe to the room. Yeah. So does Will. So do you. Like, mm-hmm. all of our people bring a whole different thing. Yeah. And each one is super enjoyable on its yeah. own merit. Yeah. I, I like pe- to listen to other people's conversations. <laughs> so... No, I do. I know. I, was just I like, used to do this dropper. as a kid. I remember Busy being a kid. Freq- and I, I remember That's frequently gets it. standing by my parents and they would be talking. And then my mom would be like, wait a minute. And she'd be like, go away. <laughs> because Kalia did that tonight. What are you She's doing? She's like listening to her conversation. She's like, I was eavesdropping. Oh, did she so- say that? Yes, she said. So, uh, after dinner, we were sitting around. Or no, before dinner, we were talking about how, hey, things might be changing. Hey, things are kind of happening. Oh, like and she's work. like, yeah, I know. You and mom were talking and I was eavesdropping. <laughs> See, Max different than that. But like he has this bad habit of interrupting our conversations. Because he's, he's totally in his own little world. Until he hears a keyword or us laugh or something that maybe oh, yeah. he thinks Engage. that you know something about. And all of a sudden he's like, wait, what did you guys say? Right. All of a why sudden you he might be missing out. What? What? Why are you laughing? Am I missing out? <laughs> like, and he'll totally interrupt the flow of the conversation. And you're like doing the debate. Like, do I include him in this part? And be like, here's what we were talking about. And then he's like, I don't care. And then goes back upstairs. Or you just say, just get out of here, kid. Like, I don't know. I really want to say some really inappropriate jokes right now. And I am avoiding it to so many degrees. You almost have to give out like a one word answer. And then if he's intrigued, be like, okay, like then go on. But if he's like. Uh, I don't care. Then it's like, okay, great. Bye. <laughs> no, you give us the intricacies of a good dictatorship. Come on, kid. You got this. In all in all honesty, it's usually when I make a slightly inappropriate joke that makes Carissa <laughs> burst out laughing. And then Max like, you guys are having fun. I want to have fun too. What did you say? I, and then Carissa's like, 
um, nothing, <laughs> nothing that we can repeat. And he's I... like, but I want to know now even more. And then she's like, Devin, deal with it. You caused the problem. <laughs> you, oh, we you were funny use, like, and relatable. Oh, that's, an, that's an adult joke or something like that. Yep. We say it all the time. Oh, we do it to but, our kids. We're like, I say, nope. That's an adult joke. And he's like, I don't believe you. I think <laughs> I I th- actually, I, I'll be the judge of if it's an adult joke or just not. Tonight, I, just tonight, I watched like a meme video of this little girl who took a condom out of her dad's <laughs> side table. And it's a package condom. But the mom is like recording this. And she's like, honey, please just put it back. She's like, well, what is it? And she's like, it stops mommy from having babies. And she's like, well... Like, she's asking all these questions. What's it made out of? Can I see inside? And her mom's like, no, you can't see inside. What's it made out of? Latex. Rubber. Well, what color is it? Because the package (laughs) was gold on the outside. And she's like, it's clear. And then she's like, I want to see it. And she's like, no, just please put it back. Please put it back. And then the mom says, on the video, the mom says, I'm feeling uncomfortable with this conversation. And I thought, oh, great. Not uncomfortable. I mean, oh, I she, like, she handled that so wrong. I'm totally like, this is me. This is me. <laughs> it's like every which way of wrong. Just being like, put that away. That is. Anyways, the little girl what would are you not doing put it that? away until finally the mom said, <laughs> this was hilarious. The mom said, go show your dad. And then the little girl put it back in the drawer. And she's like, will you please stop looking in our, in our night drawers now? <laughs> and the daughter's like, No. Oh. And she's probably like four or five, and I thought it was hilarious, but oh also mortifying because we have that one in that range. Oh, I'm glad I don't have condoms in my side table. I am though. glad my berries are decorative. Don't look through Mike's wallet, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can go ahead. Why does it say expired in 2007? <laughs> How old are you again? Uh, mine are decorative. Mine are like Christmas decorations. They don't do shit. <laughs> It's the best. Uh, <laughs> it's, for old, it's for old times' sake. Yeah, just it's a memory. Good old days when. I have dreams though that I like f- randomly get pregnant, and then I'm like, wait a minute. I know that I haven't been with anyone else, and we're like, wait. <laughs> she wakes up. She's Did like, that vasectomy not work? Amanda wakes up. She's like, "Can you hold me?" Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, and you should get checked again just to make sure. Amanda's that paranoid where she's like, you should, you should, just for fun. Just get checked. Just get just, checked. Just go jack it a little, bring it into the place. They'll check for you. Can you imagine if you realize you're shooting hot? Oh. Oh, man. I can't afford that shit. <laughs> I, I know. Hey, no, I know it shouldn't go to. Go m- up. <laughs> it's like, we need the nuclear option. You got to, like, bring it in the lasers and cauterize <laughs> things. <laughs> Just a little bit of cancer, just walking around with your uranium I mean, and nuts. Actually, we talked about it. The last two kids we had, so we have four. The last two kids, I'm like, if I end up in an emergency cesarean, I'm like, I'm going to get them to. Why did you say tubes? cesarean and then say C-section? Did you I assume start, no, people? I it's interchangeable. And then I said cesarean. Yeah, but <clears throat> you had the easy one. If you say C-section, people know what you're talking about. If you say cesarean, they're like, oh, well, what kind of uh, tribal sacrifice is that? I don't have no idea. <laughs> same, same, but different. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I know that. You know that. He knows that. And now you... <laughs> Sorry. How's it going, Devin? Well, I don't know. Cesarean almost sounds like a Greek god or something. Right? Right. We hail the cesarean. 
<laughs> Keeper of babies. I wonder if it is a Greek word. It might be. It might be. It does, like is that the root word is Caesar? No. <sighs> Let me grab my phone. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, we have to start. <laughs> Man is going to try and reach. <laughs> oh, we're trying to do the ed- etymology of cesarean section. <laughs> etymology etymology just, amanda question though for you as a man what would the nuclear option be would that be just to go to like prosthetic blobs and then do trt to to keep what up do you mean the prosthetic blob <laughs> like a no no my 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 oh wow now now i've thought about it no it would be prosthetic blobs yeah. uh <laughs> like like yeah i mean if just if, get if getting, them completely removed. Didn't take. What would be the way to just guarantee it? Oh, Amanda's smiling. Uh, <laughs> no, I guarantee you. I don't know if I'd ever get rid of them because I need the testosterone. But I, that's what I mean by TRT. Like, do you just like yeah take it with supplements and needles in your ass? That's a lot of TRT over a long period of time. It would start to cost money. I'm too cheap. I don't know if I'm. Hmm. What if? What if? Doing that, you actually got better testosterone. Started gaining muscle. Okay, turn into Belfort. I have something to say, but Amanda needs to finish her thought really quick. Okay, all right. Okay, I looked up cesarean on did, the did Google. Did you look up the etymology of it? And it says, "Why is it called cesarean?" You know, it always brings up extra questions for you. Roman law under Caesar decreed that all women who were so fated by childbirth must be cut open. Hence, cesarean. So it is off of Caesar. Other possible Latin origins include the verb cedra uh, or cadra, meaning to cut, and the term saisons, which was apply- that was applied to infants born by postmortem operations. Does it say which Caesar? Postmortem. Wait, what does that mean? So, after death. After yes, death. after death. Sorry. So if you died in childbearing but didn't get the baby out, we had to cut the the woman okay, open to yeah, get yeah. the child. Oh wow! This is what yeah, they but did which, when you died. Which, which Caesar was it? Because there was Julius Caesar, Caesar Augustus, and then there was well, that uh, was a title. No, no, yeah, I know this. I mean, which Caesar? Caesar was the title. Where which Caesar it was? Caesar. Uh, 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 there's a few of them. Uh, Colossus was actually. Uh, oh, what the fuck is his name? The weird one, the really bad one, not Nero, who was also bad, but the one after him, Julius. Uh, no, Julius was a good one. There was five good Caesars, and then everything else after that was bad. <laughs> I, I I recently listened to um, Gilga Gilga. Uh, fuck, he's the one that appointed a mule as as a senator. Uh, oh, can we do that? Can we replace liberal and NDP senators with mules? Uh, you pretty much have. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's really going to bug me until I figure it out. This paragraph men- mentions Julius Caesar twice it when they're talking about cesareans. It has okay, so it's Julius then. I mean, I could read it, but... What did it, what did it say at the beginning, the first part of the comment? Roman law under Caesar? No, 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 uh, why he was doing it. What's the first thing you said? All w- women who were so faded by childbirth. So faded. What does that mean? Hmm. Does that mean dying? 
No, it's not. Maybe, maybe just. It's it not was, to fade. It's like fate. F a t e d. Fated. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Oh, so okay. if you if you met your fate during during childbirth. We're gonna get the baby out rather than letting both die. Yeah. Okay, that so makes sense. That, that's, that's actually that's sentence. actually compassionate. That's yeah. a sentence in the middle of a paragraph. So this is nlm.nih.gov. And and the For one those. that I was thinking of was Caligula. Caligula was a hor- well presumed to be a horrible uh, Caesar. While simultaneously it was exaggerated by a lot. Yeah, as all politics are. Well, that's the thing. Like, all his history was only based on the worst possible notions of him. You know how back in the day they used to just presume absolute guilt on anyone who was a little bit bad? They would, like, make him out to be worse. Like, um, Herod. Herod presumed to be the evil Herod. Well, he was actually known as Herod the Great for a long time. Uh, and, and they just, you know, made him out to be worse than he actually was. Which Herod? A uh, Herod under Jesus, the one who I know, killed but there babies. was there was there was the, the one the, the one baby, who killed the baby ba- killer or the crucifier because there's two different Herods there. The baby killer. Okay. Yeah. Again, he comes from the same lineage, <laughs> and it was the same thing of okay, they're but making. You, you him, have to understand though that great doesn't mean good. He, uh, no, but but the way that he actually took greatness, like it was actually in a good way. I, I've been listening to a lot of history podcasts, and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, I'm a little, I'm understanding a little bit more, and how history skews evil or or not good as absolute evil. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about the pharaohs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, we had some slaves that we <laughs> drove into the you know mud. We threw their babies into the into the you know into the oh, ocean. Yeah. We we did all these things, but. Look at the good that we did. Look at that hill we made. See the giant giant triangle? triangle. (laughs) Do you know what this place needs? More triangles. So on one hand, one is great. And probably for a lot of people was an amazing leader. Awesome. Awesome. However, very, very dark underbelly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But the underbelly was normally dark. It's not like abnormally dark. For instance, you know the, the, the WWF, WWE? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Vince McMahon, in that world, great man. Yeah. Is he a good man? Nope. 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 More now than ever, it's a hard nope on that, right? Yeah. So, like, on one hand, people, like, his legacy will forever be remembered, tainted by the current allegations he's under. Yeah. It's a great- I don't know, I don't know if you've heard about them. No. Okay, so- No, not recently. Yeah, yeah. So, he's under, like- Investigation? Really, really big. He's being sued by a woman who seems like he basically raped and sex trafficked amongst his business. No. And it, it, again, it's beginning end of it, but by all accounts, looks like a very, very legitimate lawsuit. Hmm. And so his legacy will forever be tainted by the character of his being. He did come even up. though, even though in that world he did more for people, like as far as making people wealthy, being good for business, making economy go, is so from the from the aspect of like who he is in the economy. He did come across like a, a do bag. Yeah, in the economy, great man as a character with integrity, piece of fucking shit. Hmm. Right, like you can be both. Oh yeah, but I think in the end. How good you are is more important than how great you are. Yeah. He's not called Herod the Good. He's called no. Herod the Great because of what he accomplished. 
his character was still fucking shit. Yes. No, I'm not disputing his character. I'm disputing uh, them making him out to be more evil than he actually was. How much more evil do you need to be than Baby Killer? Well, some accounts say that he fed on the babies. That's what I mean. They made him more evil than he was. Yes, he killed babies. Bad. Not but, saying it's good. No, I'm not no, saying. I'm not, that, uh, okay, that that is that's ancient. That's ancient prose. Yes. Right. Like that's like you don't. He's not literally like nobody but at that no, point thought he was literally no carving open babies and eating their wings like but chicken wings. For a but season, there were people making him out to do that now, or not now, but in the recent history, they were making him out to be more evil than he was. Yes, he was evil, but you don't make evil out to be more evil than it is because it nullifies. It's like, oh well, if he wasn't e- if he wasn't that bad, maybe he wasn't that bad at all. No, he was still bad. I'm not sorry. I'm not trying to to say that he wasn't bad. I'm saying he wasn't as bad as we're portraying him to be. Because you can't do that because if you throw everything at him, it so discredits I've, I've the bad. Never, I've never come across anybody saying he was like a cannibal of babies. I I have because again, I listen to more history podcasts than I should. <laughs> Okay, our fake history is a good how, one, and how, the constant is a quite a good okay. one. Our, okay, I gotta, I gotta take issue with our fake history. I think that guy's full of shit. Not on everything. I think he is absolutely fight, fight, trying fight. to play up small fringe things in order to make it seem like he's able to swoop in with the real scoop on yeah. what history is actually like. One sentence well, statement. Okay. Let me make a podcast well, if you, if you set up, If you set up a, a straw man, you look like an amazing fighter yes. when you beat it up. And yes. that's 100% what that and, guy and, is. And, and one of the biggest problems I have with our fake history <clears throat> is the fact that they grabbed so many things and it's so um cultural right now for people to grab any aspect of history history and be like, oh, let me dismantle it. Yeah. Look how dumb they are. Oh, <laughs> they were so dumb. They use yeah. leeches. Well, he's a hundred percent the epitome of what C.S. Lewis uh, called like uh, historical elitism. Yes. But simultaneously, there are grains of truth that he brings. So you can't do what he's doing and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Where well, no, you no, no, need no. to understand there is some aspect of but truth you, to what he's bringing. Okay. But you have to say, like, when you look when you look thematically, like, symbolically at a person, be like, to, in order to make yourself great, you had to do X and X and X bad things. Yeah. In a way, symbolically, you are consuming. Right? Like... It's like you're. It's like thinks like calling a nation as built upon the blood of its of its victims doesn't mean they literally took people, ground them into mush, and put them in cement in order to build their monuments. It means that in order to accomplish what they did, they had to sacrifice X people or make X people a scapegoat or do something at the expense yeah. of other people. I was going to make a Panama Canal joke when you were talking about making the blood of the bricks and all that stuff, or even the Great Bridge, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like when you say the 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 South was built on the backs of slaves, like that. 
I mean, does that mean that they use the, the the physical backs of right? And then you could be like, "Look at this! People said this was built on the backs of slaves." I like, haven't found a single spinal column yet, right? Like it's it's using symbolic language that gets to a point in order to try and literalize it to make you seem superior. Yeah, and that's what that guy does. Yeah, and but at the same time, he's not all wrong. <sighs> but. It, it, at the same time, though, he's not all right. That's true. Like, that is true. You're, when you're trying to when you're trying to make symbolic arguments, and then somebody comes in being like, "Literally, you're an idiot." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of course, you're not wrong in saying, "Yeah, if you literally believe that, you're an idiot." But yeah. you're an idiot for assuming that they believe that literally. Yeah. Well, I, I think in the latest episode that I, I kind of I don't want to say I drew into quite deeply, but at the same time. It was on Caligula, and it was like, oh, okay. And he looks at further writings than I do because I don't fucking have time for that shit. And so I am coming from a, a point of misinformation while simultaneously presumption of, of guilt because we do, we do, as people, paint history with a broad brush of uh, ignorance and uh, malefic- uh, maleficence. 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 <laughs> you know what word I was going for? Yes. Where we try to make it out to be worse than what it was, where maybe it was ignorant, maybe it was they were going off the best possible information that they had. Oh, look, I killed a goat and it, it the snow melted. Then this is what we need to do. It's like, well, this, it's spring. <laughs> so, I don't think it's that everyone's always trying to paint the best brush, but, like, for example, if you are in Canada learning Canadian history... Canada is going to make themselves look great. They're not going to make America look great. And if yeah. you're in the States learning American history, they're going to make America look great, not Canada look great. Yeah, that's why Canada loves the War of 1812, even though America views it as a draw and Canada it's views it as a win. It's 100% inconsequential. Yeah. Like, really, in the, in the grand oh, no, scheme huge. of time, it makes no difference. No, and that's why Amer- Canada loves to be like, fuck yeah, we burned down the White House, and America's like, border didn't change. I'm sorry. That's a draw. <laughs> At they're minimum. Kinda, they're kind of right. So we like to paint history in this really broad view and then not take into consideration a lot of things. So it's a yes and or a no and where, yes, that might be true, but at the same time it didn't make a huge difference. Like Caligula, they were talking about him you know, being the worst possible of incestuous person. Incestuous? Incestuous? Okay. Okay. But let's but, let's, hold on, let's, hold on. let's get I'm into that yet. in a I'm more not, common way. But I'm I'm not done yet. Hold on. When he when <laughs> they talk about incestuous incestuousness, um, that was painted with a lot of leaders at the time if they were seen in any negative light. But if you looked at other leaders or other historians that actually recorded it, they never recorded that directly. It was only post portum or post modem mortem that they actually wrote that down and so it was like a, a secondhand account of oh he was so bad and in order to make him seem worse than he was they would say this about him okay. without any how way you, how are you supposed to know anything other when there's no accounts other than postmortem? but that's the thing there were accounts when he was still alive and it wasn't being brought up the rumors that were being said about him were not about that they were not incestuous incestuous of any sort 
they would say some bad things about him. I'm not saying he wasn't bad. Again, not justifying the bad that he did, but don't make him out to be worse than what he actually is. Because they did have actual court. Because if there was any validity to it or any rumors going around, they would have brought them up. And they weren't being brought up while he was alive, but they were being brought up after he was dead. Do you think maybe because people feared for their heads while he was alive? Maybe, but they wouldn't say anything bad about him then. But they were saying bad things about him in the time. You can say certain things without saying the thing. I think that just goes to show how drastically culture can change. Because there's things that people would say publicly now or do now that even just 20 years ago when I was 15... It never would have. Would, like, no. Never would have. A and that's just 20 years. Yeah. A presidential like just, just candidate. An, just an hour ago, you said that our prime minister is probably the son of Fidel Castro. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I insinuated that, yeah, no, I said I right? mean, he's not the first to say that. <laughs> no, it's not the first like a course, new Of course, you're not the first revelation. to say that. But there could be a future in, say, 70 years to 100 years when that becomes the mainstream view. And some guy is going to come along in 500 years and be like, can you imagine how retarded these people were making him out to be the son of the literal Fidel Castro and like making him out to be way, way worse than he actually was when he was just a misidealized rich kid. Should we just, should we okay. get a DNA sample? I really want to get this. a DNA yeah, proof. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm not wishing death on him in the slightest. But? Because I'm too nice. I'm too Christian to do that. You're better than that. You're better than me. I am better than that. <laughs> no. And you, if you think that. No, I anyone. Have, I have said this Travis. to people before. I'm like, the ultimate thing to me would be for Justin Trudeau to get saved and to realize how wrong he is. And then for the rest of his living days, he's paying out all his trust fund and all his prime minister wage to people who he's wronged. We're, we're, we we our name like, starts that, with a B. That would we're, be amazing. We're, we're, we our name to starts me, with a B. We're first on the list. We'll be to me, that's the ultimate justice. Because if he just some people, you know, who are probably not Christians, maybe Christians too, just wish him death. And I'm like, no. But then he just gets away with everything. To yeah. me, the ultimate would be he realizes how wrong he's been, and he pays for it by actually. Pay you know, for it. There goes his trust fund. Literally funds. buying forgiveness because that's how the Catholics did it. Well, no, no, no. Like you can. Everyone make, can be bought. If, if you re- if you repent, <laughs> I'm serious. If you repent and decide, okay, I actually want to make things right in a tangible way mm-hmm. to the best of my ability while I am living. That's not trying to buy your way to salvation. <laughs> that's living repentance. I'd I'd appreciate it if you. But money does it. Life. Money does it. Yeah. Yeah. The Canadian government realize, but does you know, it for but Indigenous you, okay, But you know what? In 2,000 years, somebody would say he only converted because it was politically convenient, uh, like they do with Constantine. That's... Whew. Ha! Ha! Shots fired. Shots fired. Whoa, the Orthodox boy throwing down. <laughs> Constantine. Uh, I was going somewhere with this, and now I forget. Better than so. Constantine? My apologies. I didn't. Mean I don't to know dis- much about Constantine. I, I didn't mean to de- to derail you. <laughs> I took history in high school, and Not, did I retain mm, it? No. Constantine wouldn't have been in your history class unless you were taking religious history. My history teacher. It, it might have been mentioned because I mean he was important in oh, that yeah. in that switch from the old world to the new world. Yeah, but Canadian history, like the history teachers that we know yeah. today, aren't Prob- going probably deep no, into. No, my history teacher played 
Rasputin for us and put all the lyrics on the screen so would we would understand the history of what they're talking about. I'm just going to say no. anything after 1900 is considered modern history. Yeah, pretty much. And probably that's even fine. earlier than that yet. Yeah, so when you say Rasputin, I'm like, oh, that's cute. It's, rel- it's relatively it's rel- modern. It's, it's relative, when I like- hear rah-rah Rasputin at <laughs> weddings and stuff for their, like, as a, a dance song. This is the wrong song. I think of history class. That's awesome. Do you think you're a history teacher? Yeah. Well, oh! This is what happened. Was he good it's, looking? No, it was a woman. Was she good she looking? She gave us a lot of slides and a lot of information, and it was a boring class. But... But now it comes alive. No. As semester, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. That was the most interesting thing she did. As the semester went on, you could tell, and it's like, is she pregnant? And then... I, <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm serious! <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Oh, I know you're students serious. notice when teachers get pregnant because they become crappy teachers. And I never, I never and, thought of that at all. And so what, what else do they do other than become a crappy teacher? Well, that my says grades, a lot about Mr. Crack. My grade six that band teacher also Bob. became pregnant, <laughs> and she was really hard on the flutes. I played flute. And I only did one year of band. Is it because they're phallically like phallically women are hormonal shaped? when they're pregnant, and hormonal equals cranky, <laughs> cranky bitch. Phallical. Thank you for saying that. I'll say it. <laughs> I, I appreciate the validation. <laughs> All right. Lots of women are cranky subject. bitches when they're, they're pregnant. <laughs> Not just when they're pregnant. Um, oh lord! <laughs> I had to apologize to my wife the other week. I think you need to be grateful that you're not hormonal. <laughs> I was about to get there. All right, so on the What are you day, talking about? He's got PMS. We uh, all got PMS hard right now. So hard. Couch motorcycle syndrome. <laughs> I thought about it so oh, much no. this week. All right, so I actually had a moment where I was very emotional this week. Uh, it was the day my daughter got baptized. So I went to bed rather late, like two in the fucking morning. And playing Red Dead what were you doing, playing Mike? Playing video games like an adolescent, and I am too old for that shit. <laughs> so I'm not justifying. I'm saying oh. this is what happened. I was very tired. <clears throat> I didn't eat that well. I didn't. And then we had a very active day. We took the kids to the pool. And when my daughter got baptized, I was very emotional because I was not where I should have been in the moment. The power went out, was out in the morning. So our yeah. church service got switched from morning to evening. So I, 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 and I was in this different headspace. So when she got baptized, I was very emotional. You couldn't see it. I, I, I did shed a tear and like all this stuff. Um, and, but I wasn't where she was when she came out. I didn't see everything I wish I would have saw. And I was, I was very um, overtaken with anger and, and all these things of like, why, why didn't I have this opportunity? Why didn't I, why wasn't I standing in the right spot? Why couldn't I interfere when I should have interfered and be like, I want to baptize my daughter and get in there like a fucking angry dad and be like, no, I want to be part of this. And I didn't do any of it. And I got angry at my cowardice. And so I had all these emotions all at once. And then we ate dinner. Which he didn't vocalize to I me, didn't vocalize by the way. Because I'm a man and that's what men do. They, they push it down deep inside. And uh, and then we ate dinner because we didn't eat all day. <laughs> like we didn't eat dinner. We had like a, a little snack and then we ate after. Okay, so this is what happened. Hold on, I'm almost done. Okay. So we, we decided to have a real dinner after the baptism. And then we went and ate. And then all my emotional 
that I was feeling of anger and anxious and angry and all these things went away because I ate some food. <laughs> hangry. I was hangry and I had no idea. And I went to Amanda and I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry. We had put the kids to bed, so we're both chilling on the couch. And he's like, he put his hand on my leg and he's like, Amanda. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That I become so critical of you when you're experiencing your monthly visitor and not understanding how you fall to emotional uh, reaction. And I was like, I, I did. I had all these emotions and they were very real in the moment. And the second I ate something, I realized that I just need to calm down. <laughs> And so it's like, oh, this is so good. I fell victim to my own emotions, and 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 I recognize that women do that monthly, and I don't always understand why. I'm like, what? You know, it's coming. Just calm down. Eat a sandwich. I don't know, whatever. And I I, I think very little of it. I would say my emotions are most heightened like a week before I'm actually bleeding. But then when he's when I'm like super emotional, he's like, I think your time of the month is coming, and then he'll be like. <laughs> She'll be like, shut you're up, you're just, right. But you're just shut hormonal. Up. I'm like, what? Don't I, remind I me. Am, I am right, though. I get all super grinchy. I am correct. It's like yeah, trying, right. to, trying to tell somebody <laughs> to calm down when they're in the middle of it. Right. It's, so, it's, that, it's that kind of energy, right? Yeah. So when yeah. our son had gotten baptized, it was I less people for that it. service. So then it's like the in-laws came to town. My in-laws came to town. So Mike's parents came to town and his dad said something in the mic. Like apparently Mike doesn't even remember this, but apparently when he was a kid he said, I'm gonna name my son Gideon. And he makes oh, yeah. like I don't remember that. Yeah, but I remember this because we actually did a podcast with with Levy. Yeah, we, we that did day. one with yeah. Levy and then I got to baptize baptize my first son and so, I was like, Oh, I, I mean, get to do my daughter first too. Son. We only have one. Oh sorry my brain. <laughs> First child. First, First child. Well, our, yeah, yes. our oldest child. And so I was like, I was in this moment of, I'm going to baptize my daughter. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I just felt that. And I, was just, I was headstrong on that. And I'm like, and I wasn't in any way involved in so, any of it. So since then, when our church does baptisms, it's often many people. And so they just kind of, they get everyone to share all at once. You know, microphone, microphone, microphone to the individuals asking kind of like, um, what does Jesus mean to you? When did you yeah. become a Christian? Like, like I've, I'm why struggling do you to, get to know how much to interact in this part of the conversation because right. I don't want to be. You don't want to influence your, your orthodoxy on us. Not, not even just that, but I just I don't want to be critical of a big day. Yeah. And then they get the baptism tank was set mm. up, and then you know they just get everyone to crowd around, and then they dunk everybody one after another. So they still. Use a like microphone. It. They still live stream. They still zoom up like on the people close. Okay. Can I can I just affirm you then saying I thought that the way they did the baptisms that day was kind of bullshit? Yes. Okay. Thank God. Okay. I thought it was bullshit. I did not like it. I don't like the express lane. I right? like don't that, like if, express lane. I will say. It felt like you, it, it felt like as like, a congregation. Get this over with? Yeah. It felt like it was a get this over with, with a lot of people that were making a life-changing monumental moment. Yeah. I agree. I no, I'm on this I'm I'm completely on that thing of I'm angry. But but for her, I'm pretty sure for her she won't know. 
She, and this is when I'm I say hoping. things I mean, like, Mike, she, you should talk to the pastor there, and then there you can have be, a discussion. There may be a time when she's 30 and she's processing the time of her life and she's like, wow, I feel hmm. like I want a mulligan on that. Maybe. But, did, okay, when they ask, <clears throat> why are you getting baptized, what do you think of your answer? I thought, okay, that was my favorite answer <laughs> of all the lineup. <laughs> okay, so our she daughter- was like, it's the right uh, thing to do. I'm like, finally, somebody who knows their shit. <laughs> it's my kid. It's so funny because um, uh. the pastor who was asking these questions is the next generation's pastor. So he does like youth, youth and he does yeah, he's gonna be He's, he's going to be the Nepo pastor, pastor 3.0. Yeah. So I help out with youth group. But then my daughter was up there. So we had youth getting baptized. We had a couple junior youth getting baptized. And so she's just like, uh, it's everyone the right thing else giving these cookie cutter like, oh, I really Which feel is like so it's funny. the next step becoming so more he... spiritual. <laughs> so <laughs> the next gen pastor says, "Oh, I feel like he said, oh, like you that. sound just like your dad." And then uh, I, who I, used to I, be our I, lead I, pastor? I was beaming with with Mike Pride at that moment, <laughs> like Mike and Talia Pride when she said that, and he was it's like, so... "You sound like your father." I'm like. Fucking Fuck right. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's funny, Devin, is that afterwards, <clears throat> Tony came. And Tony used to be our lead pastor. And now he's just an associate, like, part-time pastor. But he said to me, oh, it sounded like you. Oh, it sounded just like you, like, no BS. And I'm like, oh, well, Logan thought, our next-gen pastor thought it sounded just like Mike. So it's just so funny. It's like, apparently, we're, you know, no, we married the right people because we're both y'all, just y'all like, definitely have no bullshit. Y'all definitely have produced some pretty kick-ass kids. Uh, it is funny that I, I actually, the pastor, uh, Jimmy, was saying this whole sermon. He was doing a whole sermon on baptism, blah, blah, blah. And he was just going and going and going. He's only on the precipice of saying, die before you die. For when you die, you will not die. Like he's right there, but he's not saying it. So I'm like, like I'm just waiting. And I go to him after service. I'm like, hey man, I, I told him that. He's like, hold on, say it again. <laughs> okay, say it again. I'm like, if you die before you die, when you die, you will not die. And he's like, that's really good. I'm like, I just summed up your whole sermon. In like, a sentence. You should send it to him sentence. on a voice memo. <clears throat> I know. I told him directly, and he recognized like voice memos. <laughs> It saves maybe, time. Maybe you are low key turning ortho. Because <laughs> <laughs> no you know, because you know uh, where that you know where that it originates in an old desert monk's hovel where they wrote it across their their door frame. You're right. That's. Uh, <laughs> am but, I orthodox? Like inadvertent? <laughs> I might in, slowly. In slowly. all fairness, with the whole baptisms. When we had the baptism class the week before, they did say that people would get to like pray a prayer blessing over the person being baptized and that didn't really end up happening the way they did it and i kind of like i understand both sides like it would be really great to individualize it but they had more baptisms than they had planned and when you want to do a whole sermon after you do have to cut the time i hate to say it fuck the sermon 100 percent. amen I, I hate to say it Amen. that way, but I will because... Like, get over yourself. The TED Talk can wait for next week. Amen. Amane. I don't know what the... Like, <laughs> Tell the pastor. Emignani. Tell the <laughs> there's, pastor. There's some Greek word. <sighs> I, have to, I have to admit, Arrange though, a in, meeting. The, in that moment... <laughs> so during, during, the, during the sermon, I, I felt like... 
Jimmy made a comment that I was like, I think you were listening to our podcast at some point because I know <laughs> we've called, I know we've said like evangelical service, service sermons are like a rock band concert and then a TED talk after. <laughs> and he made that comment <laughs> that yes, we're more than, we're yeah. more than that. <laughs> he in did it, While at TED the talks, same time, yeah. it was a giant concert and a TED talk. You, oh. That truncated the baptisms. It would be worth it to ask him again because how is many it, times he's listened or what? Like how often do you listen? Yeah, just for curiosity. I am sake. hoping he doesn't listen that often because I say a lot of heinous shit, and the fact that he lets me be a leader, I quote unquote. <laughs> we we lead a small group that's been on a break. But the for fact January, that they let us still do it after this podcast is like, what what are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy. <laughs> well, simultaneously. Maybe it's not so much you, but me. Maybe. Maybe. It, it might be. Yeah. It I might, yeah. I'm not trying to glorify myself. It yeah. might It just, might be the Vanderlyn effect. <laughs> mm, okay. It's just the Amanda effect. We are two There's hours in. There's not too in. many of us these days. We are two hours in and we still haven't even touched on <laughs> We've can talked we, a lot can about. Can we knock it out really quick? We've talked quick? about a lot of great things. Okay? okay, we've talked about. Yeah, but we're running out of time. I got to work tomorrow. Denominations. And it's eleven o'clock. And religion. Yes. We've talked about. But we haven't talked about talking snakes, and I don't know if Devin has time. And it's it's how, how you feeling? Give her. Give her. If um, if you're up for it. I'm up for it. I kind of have to pee. How fast will we be? <sighs> okay, this... go for it. Go pee. We're actually, we're at a natural segue. Yes. Okay. Natural segue. We got time. We'll bullshit a little while you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk too much shit about Yeah. Okay. I... So I talked a lot of shit about the service. But I don't want that to be the lasting impression that I went to your yep. daughter's baptism. I was like, "Fuck this place." No, because that's not that's that's not the overall. No, no, no. Like on a, on a point of actual like theological agreement, I was really impressed to see them actually step outside the common narrative and say, "Hey, this is more than just a gesture." Yeah, <laughs> something real spiritual is happening when you get baptized. I was like, "Yep." I mean, I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't finish the thought, <laughs> but the fact that they got that far, I'm like, that's I w- actually pretty cool, I will cool, say man. it. Evangelicals and Pentecostals are not good at finishing thoughts. <laughs> They're really good at throwing them out there and be like, figure it out. And then walking but, away from the thought. It's really uh, fucking frustrating. But the, the problem is when you finish the thought, you sound really Catholic. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I can't wait to do the the episode on uh, symbolic gesturing yes. or religious symbolic gesturing. I am just so torn about it now because I've actually had some thoughts on it. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm really excited. Well, I'm really looking time. forward to it. So yeah, no, I really do appreciate that. Of, of there is something more happening. We have there we is the conversation and, and that was with Andrew. That, like, that was something that I felt was actually brave for them to say because it really does cut across. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how many baptisms I've been to, where the first thing that came out of the pastor's mouth before the service started it was like, "We just want everybody to know that nothing here real is happening. This is just a statement of faith." Yeah, that. And you're like, well, then why don't you just say? Hey, I'm a Christian, and walk off without yeah. the song and dance. You can in do faith, a, I am baptized. You could do a really, cri- a Bye. really I'm crisp dry. high five. Like <laughs> yeah. practice that high five a million times, so you're really good at it. And right, bam. Like, so many. Like 
even one where I was with somebody, with the people being baptized, and we were going over the process of what was going on, and he was like, I just want you to know. It's a discrediting right off the hop. <laughs> right? Like, said to the person as they were doing this, I just want you to know that nothing real is happening. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? Did you literally just tell the person that is, like, making a huge step of faith to go and be and be baptized. Let me just amputate my <clears throat> knees right out from underneath Cut me right here. right out from under you. Like, this in no way affects you. No. Go ahead. Like, do it in faith. <sighs> like, wow. Like, Stop. Why, Stop. Yeah, you, you should not be talking right now. You missed now. the mark. You missed the mark hard on that one. And, and that's something that I will say as a lasting thought when I walked away from your daughter's baptism for all the criticism that we kind of bantied about now, I was super, super grateful for the acknowledgement that it was something deeper and more real than that. Yeah. And kudos, kudos to your church for that moment. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> Just kidding. My dad. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I am. I, okay. I want you to know when it comes to my daughter's answer, I played no influence directly. I may have influenced it inadvertently of like saying, hey, the Bible says to do it. You fucking do it. Not, I didn't say fucking. <laughs> the Bible says do it, do it. The Bible calls us to do right. it. We don't and talk to our kids like The Bible that. doesn't ask you to do things when they're not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're, when they don't have any meaning. But yeah. she kind of took, took a book took a page out of Gideon's book, like our son's book, because he was, he said in the microphone, let's do it. Yeah. My son is a let's do it guy. Like he's a, yeah, no, we're doing it. Let's do it. Like, and so I really, I love my kids for that. And, and I coached nothing. I didn't say it's the right thing to do. And I'm like, no, the Bible says to do it. So I, I do tell them that the Bible says to get baptized. This is part of the walk. Yeah. That was, that was legitimately a moment of your daughter's personality coming out and it just happened to reflect something about the both of you. Yeah. And so I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get baptized till I was 16. 16? Yeah. I was 16. I think I was 12. There Mm. were, it was teen camp. Three of us got baptized. One was a really odd kind of guy and he was like a young adult, but he was, I think, helping at teen camp. The other, and it, I mean, currently he's gay and during camp, everyone was like, oh, you're gay, you're gay. And I thought, we're at Christian camp. Why would you bring that to light and say it? Like, even if he talked in a more flamboyant voice or whatever, I'm like, you don't call that out of a person at Christian camp. You just like, let them be. Mm -hmm. Anyways... (sighs) That's a whole nother conversation. It is a whole nother I conversation. Okay, ah. we're gonna save that for later. I, later. I equate a lot of <laughs> like the public baptism is a public declaration, just like a wedding is. Yep. I, I agree and to so, a certain degree. Yeah, you could say it means nothing, but at the same time Then a wedding means nothing. And is like, it supposed to still, mean nothing? No. It is supposed to be you well, are all here to hold me to account. To secular people or the general public, a wedding does mean nothing because you can always get divorced. Okay. Well, on that note, though. Sorry, I'm playing with I'm playing with the torch. Sorry. <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> when your friend is about to get married and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is gay. And he's about to get married to a woman. 
and you know this, and you have a you have the ability to speak to him. Discernment. Yeah, you'd be like, "Are you doing this to cover up what you're dealing with?" No, 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 no. no, no seriously, that, that's that's no. Legit. I know what you're saying, but no, he hasn't finished saying what okay. he wants to say. <sighs> but like, shut if, up, Mike. If you're doing this in order to cover your struggle. <laughs> Hoping that it's going to fix you. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is not a reason to get married because you're ruining your life and that woman's life. Yeah, okay. I hear what you're saying. Right. You're setting her up for a divorce for the sin you're going to fall into later. Yeah, but is is that something you... But what is the solution then? Are, Are we saying abstinence is your absolute solution? Because... If we know somebody is prone to homosexual um, desires or or off like okay uh, now here's the exactly here's the thing are they doing it to cover up for it hoping it's going to fix them magically and make them straight mm-hmm. are they doing it because I know this is the right thing to do I don't want to give in to my proclivities I've mm-hmm. held off till now I will keep holding off but I want to have children. I want to have a wife. I want to contribute to society. I want to contribute to the kingdom of God. I am dedicated. So, so yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Knowing full on what I'm struggling with, and I'm going to set that to the side in an act of asceticism in order to pursue this. That's a different thing than saying, I know I'm gay, but if I only get married, I know that's going to fix me. Okay, you know, I hear you. Right, because you're setting yourself up for a fall right there. That's true, So yeah. when it comes to baptism, if you're like, guys, we all know that you are going to fall in this way, and you're not acknowledging it. You're not repenting of it. You're not mm-hmm. You're not in any way make, like, saying... You're not engaging with the solution, like yeah, an actual in, solution. In any way, you're not saying, I am doing this despite my inclination to sin, because I know this is what I need to do to be part of, part of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to put myself, I'm trying to put my flesh to death. So that's a different thing than saying like, oh, when I get baptized, this temptation is going to go away. Hmm. You see, I, I'm <clears throat> leaning more towards, well, one way of saying you're a Calvinist argument of saying you're doomed already, you're already fucked. And then there's an Armenian side of me that says you have a choice and you're making that choice every single day when you choose to be a father and a husband. Yeah. And, a, and so. And that's the thing. But that's the way going in eyes wide open. Going in with a false hope mm-hmm. that this act is going to take away the inclination. Well, are, are you mm-hmm. going to. Okay, okay. When you're talking about a friend going into this. Yeah. Are you, you going to go to him as a. I'm holding you account here. You say you're doing this for the right reasons. I'm going to hold you to that and be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Because that's what a wedding a wedding ceremony is supposed to be, is people holding you to account. You're supposed to go into it with the understanding of, I have these desires. Just like us, okay, we're not above that. Just because we're not, our sexual desires, not towards other men, but towards women in general, mm-hmm. we are for, far more susceptible to falling in that way. So... As we hold other men to account to stay true to our wives, we do so the same that we do to men who have the same sexual desire towards other men. We say, hey, man, I know you you struggle with this. I see it in your life. Some more than others. Yes, yeah, exactly. So if, you're, if your friend is a notorious pussy hound, <laughs> 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 right? 
and pussy out and loves a little strange yeah and he's getting married to the first woman that first trad wife yeah <laughs> he's just he's just getting married on a whim because he's like super infatuated with a lady and you're like hey dude i think you're setting yourself up for a failure here yep are you going in this with eyes wide open or are you going into this with a false hope yeah because she wouldn't give it to you on the first or second date she this is the like, only way you can get it like what like are you going in this conquering your sin or are you going in this trying to run away from your sin without dealing with it yeah there's a whole two two different conversations but the heart is the same but when you go to the per like when you look at the person the heart is the same what is your heart in this scenario because even even somebody who has sorry what Homosexual desire. Not two different conversations, but it's like talking to the person. Like, yeah. if they're going in with one intention, all right, God go with you, regardless yeah. if you're gay, straight, or whatever. You're going in this eyes wide open because you, yeah. because you're submitting to the will of God. God go with you. Be blessed. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I'm here. But if, the thing I'm, I'm here for you and with you. Yeah, but if you're you if you're getting baptized, getting married, or entering entering into a sacred covenant on a whim in hopes that this thing that you're struggling <sighs> with that you have never a catalyst once, you're you're, you're, yeah. you're begging for a catalyst. Yeah, this thing that you have never once brought to light, even though everyone knows this about you. And then hoping that this is going to magically make it go away, you're setting yourself up for a failure. Yeah, because you're making the baptism into a into your salvation, right? And at that point, mm. I think it's hundred percent legitimate for somebody to say, "Don't get baptized right now." Yeah, don't do this. I think if you're fighting against a demon and you know it's a demon, you need to fight against the demon, not against a person. Yes, but if you're going into this hoping it's going to save you, even though you yeah, haven't acknowledged or repented from what you're doing, you're just being like, "I'm doing this because this feels good in the moment," even though I'm fucking three other dudes right now in their butthole. Yeah. And, you know, like hoping that this is magically going to make it go away. <laughs> that's a moment for somebody to say to you, hey, man, rethink this. No, I think you you seriously need a counselor and you need inner healing before yes, you go down that path. Before you go healing. down that path. Deep inner healing. Sorry. Okay. So at he that point. Not sexual inner healing. He said but Mind. I did. <laughs> so I think that the idea of just being like get baptized on a whim. No. Is bad. I, I agree with that 100%. 100, 110%, which is more than 100. Well, our... Are we going to talk next, about talking snakes? Our next daughter in line, <laughs> if you go in, like, We're, birth order... Amanda, we don't, we don't need to bring up our next daughter quite yet, because she'll get there. Yeah, but I'm just I, saying... I just want to honor her, that's all. Okay. And that's, that's the only reason. I love all our kids, and uh, they will... I'm praying... They get where they need to be to be baptized, and I'm excited for when they do. You know, my Nana, my kids call her Nana Dell because Dell is her first name. Um, she has said her daily prayer is that her great-grandkids will commit themselves to Jesus by the time they turn 10 or at 10 or whatever. Yeah. So, so far... At least in our family. Um, my three siblings all just have two kids and we're the only ones with four. And I do think it's super cool that, like, our oldest is 11 now. He's going to be turning 12 this summer. But he was baptized 
last year or a year and a half ago now? Year and a year and a half, half ago year now. And our daughter just turned 10, but she became a, she like, quote unquote, like officially became a Christian yeah. last year. And she just got baptized this last week. Yeah. Just after her 10th birthday. And I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. We were right on that. Not, not trying to be. We're really not. Cause I didn't know anything about that until she said it. I like, uh, I need to post in our family chat to Nana Dell. No, she, no. You got to do it after the, the all four. <laughs> no, you gotta, gotta keep her updated. She, she might knew, be around for all She four. knew when Gideon was baptized. Um, <laughs> Mike's parents were able she to come for Gideon. Mike's dad is a pastor, and so they had a special speaker this last week, so they couldn't. Yeah, they, like, my parents couldn't be come to town just for Tilia's because they had and a then, special speaker. And they had to kind of next host. one is going to be Easter, which is like his big day as a pastor, and. Of course, it's a big day here, so it's, it's, there's no good way for a pastor to get away on Easter Sunday. So far, two out of four is following the trend that Nana Dell has been praying for, and I think that's okay. Really cool. Two hours and ten minutes. This is not unusual for your I, podcast. No, I don't no, know why you're keeping unusual track all of a sudden. Because we haven't even gotten clo- <laughs> we gotten close. We're right on the precipice of talking Genesis. About it. <laughs> okay. All right, go should ahead. I lead us into this? Please, sure, give her. Okay, so um, our church was doing a month of prayer and fasting, um, which means Mike and I were kind of involved. So, as I said earlier, um, I was fasting sugar and drinks, so I wasn't drinking any pop, and I wasn't putting sugar in my coffee, and snacking after dinner, and I wasn't on Facebook, because Facebook can, you know, everybody. Everybody knows. It can just lure you in, suck you in. <laughs> Mike is laughing because I like to give backstory and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So She's a horrible storyteller. Month of prayer and fasting for our church. You're more, you're more <laughs> biblical. Just just the facts, he none of the fluff. It, he gets it from his dad. I like backstory, which is probably a lot from my mom. Yeah, you're like a Greek heathen. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Okay, well, look, what, look anything at, with look, look at the size of the Iliad compared to the size of the Old Testament. They're about the same thickness. One is about one one siege on a city, and one is about the entire history of man from beginning to Jesus. <laughs> just saying. You tell me. <laughs> just saying. Who's more obsessed with backstory? <laughs> the Lord. I follow his path. I'm just, no, I'm saying the Greek pagans love it. <laughs> the opposite of what he said. They're laughing. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what the biggest problem is? That diverting the fact that she's bad at storytelling makes the story longer. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> You're all suffering on our our, our account. Hey, oh, fast forward. I just want you to know that Dave and Lloyd Minster, his favorite episodes are when I am on. So he will listen when you put Amanda in the title. Hi, Dave. Sup, bro? Ride here already. I know it's February. Get on your bike and ride here. Thank. Please stop please. being a stop being a bitch. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> okay. So at the start of the month, when I could focus on praying and reading my Bible and journaling without a time constraint and not having to teach my children schoolwork at the same time, I was reading Genesis because it was in whatever devotional. 
and it was talking about how Eve was talking to the snake. And I sent Mike a text at work and I said, okay, wait, (laughs) does that mean that God made humans to understand animals when he first, you know, created everything? Or does that mean that all animals could talk? Like Narnia. All right. Like Narnia. And then he didn't respond all day because he didn't have good service. But he's like, this could be a podcast episode. All right. I'm, I'm just going to make a quick little... Um, Fuck with the mic. I'm, you're... I like hmm. to touch things. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a stoner, right? You, Correct. You're, you're not a avid very, very pot teetotal. smoker. You're very teetotaler in a lot of ways. You're not a stoner, so you're not like talking snake, distracted, and all this. You're not a cynic and or heathen. Uh, so the fact I'm that I'm an optimist, you are an optimist to the nth degree. And you texted me, wait, talking snake, and it was the most stoner thing ever because there's something <laughs> about stoners that read something and it's it's insane. It's it's absolutely crazy. Everyone skims over. It's like, hold on, are we gonna talk about the fucking talking snake? They're like, nope, blowing <laughs> over it. Six days creation. <laughs> if <laughs> it's so- it's. So many. I'm, I just need to make that clarification. My wife is not a stoner that 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 clings on to these tiny little details like a talking snake, which is you know whatever. It's just a talking snake. Just get over it. It was the month of prayer and fasting, so I had no drop but, of liquor even. Yes. So this was like morning time, late morning. <laughs> I just need to prefix it because people are going to be like, "Oh, that sounds like a stoner." I thought that's a stoner thought because. It's pointing out the obvious, and that's that's what stoners do, is they point out the absurd and the obvious. You're like, hey, animals don't talk. Okay, stoners aside, Bible. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. I, I personally do not view Genesis as a literal text, but a figurative text. So the very fact that it talks about a talking snake is not as literal as we understand it while simultaneously understand that there are snakes out there that have evidence of having legs formerly. I don't know what to do with the text. Why? Why? Why don't they say, holy fuck, a talking snake? Mostly because fuck is not a word in that time, I understand. (laughs) There's no Greek. What's the Greek word for fuck, Devin? What's the Greek equivalent? (laughs) We should research that. <laughs> hey, you know, it would make Ooh. your podcast family hell. friendly by using the Greek equivalent. <laughs> I'm sure it would. It would. We would get we wouldn't we wouldn't be limited. No red flags, just green flags just. from now on. <laughs> So, okay. Kevin, can you help me out on this? Because you've been wait I I know you've been waiting for a long time to start talking about this because I am more of a symbolic poetic license giving person when it comes to the early text. So I will say, I'll give you a chance to think about it, but I will say maybe it was a family, was it Talia's birthday or something? Something where Devin and Carissa were here and my brother and sister-in-law were were, here. No, it was UFC. Yeah, we were watching UFC two weekends ago. Oh, right. Okay, so I brought it up. So Carissa, Devin's wife, and my brother were both here. And I said, okay, what about this part of text? And Carissa and my brother, Nathan, both were like, 
Well, that wasn't literal. I can't remember what the actual word was. They didn't say poetic. But they were saying it was symbolic. Like mm. it was just symbolism. And like, but... But it's a bit of a cop-out answer simultaneously. But they both answered the same is what... Mm-hmm. It's more my point is that they were like... But I just never really thought about it before. And all of a sudden I was reading it and I'm like, yeah. but wait a minute. We can't talk to talk to animals now whether it's a cat or a bunny or a rat or whatever (laughs) like maybe if you're high and and there's there's no other there's no other account in the in the text of humans understanding animals except when the donkey spoke yeah sorry there's actually two exceptions oh okay the the donkey speaking in uh in the scenario with uh what's his face paul balaam balaam yeah. The prophet Balaam and an eagle in Revelation, which is a vision, apocalyptic, apocalyptic vision. Which I don't remember that one, but I don't read Revelation very often. Because yeah. it's scary and I don't understand it. <laughs> it's like way over my head. Yeah. So I think right then and there, it's a clue that this isn't a, this isn't a matter of zoology. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What? So when you when you say this isn't literal, that doesn't mean this isn't true, and it doesn't mean this isn't the form in which it happened. What it means is, regardless of how you interpret this, whether whether the story of Adam and Eve in the garden is actually how it went down, or you look at it as symbolic language representing like a giant time frame or something like that regardless the symbol of the snake represents something deeper because you can read it as a story and pull the exact same thing as the person reading it literally when it comes to the snake it very well could have been an actual snake that slithered up to eve on the tree and started talking to her and not meant and not been a situation of like, oh, animals can talk. Yeah. A, a divine like understanding of, Be- oh yeah, this is just the way that like animals, because this, this animal can talk. As Christians, we believe in a divine realm. Yeah. And we believe in possession. Yeah. Right. We believe in the ability of divine beings, be it God or angels or demons to communicate to you or to possess something in order to use it as almost a puppet. Yeah, but wouldn't that be right. like a bit of a red flag if, if you knew snakes not to talk before and understanding the divinity that, that can intercede and be like, oh, this is significant and never calling out the significance of a talking snake and be like, okay, and then the snake speaking mistruth. Now, you have to keep in mind that the passage we're talking about is a chapter that is only like two dozen verses. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's minuscule. <laughs> when you think of like, the whole Bible like or even we, of Genesis, we, we it's just We just talked about how like the Greeks love to... Homer, yeah, Homer loved to... <laughs> you know, spend tomes and tomes on one story. Mm-hmm. Was Homer a Greek? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Or yeah, the book about things you don't know when yeah. you're raising kids. <laughs> or the Old Testament being <laughs> a scenario where vast swaths of time are covered in a chapter. 
Averse. Averse, even. So you you don't have all of the all you don't have all of the dialogue or the context. You yeah. have it distilled down to the very bare minimum in order to, com- to communicate a, d- a deep truth. Yeah, and that's something that even Doctor Peterson, like Jordan Peterson, talks about. Even though he's very, very much not a literalist, he talks about how the economy of words in the Old Testament, especially in the Torah, is something to behold. Like in its way of communicating deep, deep things with very few with very few words by using symbolism. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of this is completely poetic. Or if it's literal, the symbol of a snake is significant to communicate something to us other than the fact that this is a zoological like thing of people understanding animals. Because we know spirits can interact. The snake is not just an animal. It is the embodiment of a fallen angel. <clears throat> now, I'm... Like we've heard, we've heard in sermons for our whole lives that in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, Satan talked to Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you've heard that. Yeah. Where does that come from? It's not said. No, it said a snake. right. The Bible doesn't say that directly. The Bible doesn't Satan say that directly. spoke said, through a serpent. Not at all. Oh. Except for in Revelation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got to whip up the Bible. I'm not. Let's just say I'm not I'm not Pardon great me. at symbolism. Yep. And so I was just thinking for Eve to not even flinch and just be like to talk back to a serpent when a serpent is talking to her. I'm like, okay, wait. Right. Exactly. So you have to think of your think of it in this way. Like did did Mary flinch when she was confronted by Gabriel who talked to her? I mean, I guess in a certain way she was like, what, what am I, am I Doesn't worthy the Bible of this? say she would kind of like trembled? Like she was yeah, kind like of like, why, why am I, that? why am I worried of this? But like, so that would, but that Whereas was something the, that the happened. The Bible doesn't say that about Eve, right? Yeah. It doesn't say that she was kind of like dumbfounded or anything. Like there's no descriptive words to say like yeah. she was surprised that a snake was talking to so, her <clears throat> or a serpent like a lizard. Yeah. So the, the verb or sorry, the noun for snake in Genesis is Nahash. Nihash? Nihash. That is the word that is the word for serpent. Not snake, but serpent. Which is also used to describe dragons and Leviathan. Later later on in, in different things. The very same word Nahash is the same word that that was described as the snake in in Genesis as the snake that was the staff for Moses and, and Pharaoh, as is the fiery serpents that all attacked Israel as they were wandering the desert, and as the the very sea dragon itself, Leviathan, that God described as like his pet that is the cosmic chaos monster that that consumes everything. So it probably had feet. Or wings or fins. So, yeah, the dragon is <clears throat> quite a, the, the idea of the dragon, it surpasses our own cognitive, current cognitive understanding mm-hmm. of what it could be because it is the culmination of every fear that man has. <laughs> yeah. So on top of that, in some of those stories, 
interchangeable with the nerd with the verb or so noun nefesh is the noun seraph. Seraph being um, the Hebrew word for burning one. Seraphim and yeah. So seraph, yeah, seraph is used interchangeably with nefesh in in a couple different things, especially the time in the in the desert when they're being harried by fiery serpents that are biting people, and they have to look at the bronze serpent on a staff to be healed, etc. Okay. Yeah. Seraph is also the exact word to describe the angelic beings that Isaac, sorry, Isaiah saw in his dream. When Isaiah crossed the threshold into the Holy of Holies and passed from his normal day-to-day life and going into a temple into a vision of eternity, he was encountered with seraphim and ophanim and cherubs in the heavenlies. Ophanim being the wheels with eyes. Um, cherub okay. being um, kind of like holding holding the, the throne of God. And seraphim being the six-winged angels with heads of heads of bulls, men, lions, and eagles. And having six wings covering their bodies, revealing only their feet. Hmm. The word for seraphim is just seraph. That's it. Burning one. But that's how he's physically described in in um, I, Isaiah's dream. But it's also the very, very same word used for fiery snake in a whole bunch of places in the Old Testament, interchangeably with nefesh. It's the ser, S-E-R. Yeah. So what's happening in the Old Testament there is a play on words. When you say something's a snake or a serpent, you're not just saying it's also like a slithery, slithery reptile, <clears throat> because that could be what it is. But in a symbolic way, it is also representative of something like a seraphim, which is a high ranking angel. And what do we know that Satan is? He other was than, a yeah, high ranking angel. Other than a high ranking angel. So for Eve to encounter the serpent in the garden, she may have not saw a slithery little reptile. She may have saw an actual angel who approached her in all cleverness, being fallen as he was, and talked with her about the things of heaven and convinced her of what she was doing. It's, it's a play on words that allows us to see through the rest of the Old Testament up actually into the New Testament to the Revelation the fact that Satan is a serpent. He is a dragon. He is something. I think that's what your wife and my brother said is that they're like, it's a play on words. I think that's exactly what they both said. It's a play on words. It's a play on words. Because Satan could, is a serpent. But could and also like, okay, be... But but it could also be literal, with, but at the same time being symbolic. The idea right. of separating symbolism from reality is a modern construct. We were just talking right. about baptism. Yeah. It is symbolic and real. Right. I'm very much more a realist and literal. I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I kind of am the type to, what? I throw symbolism out the window quite often. Until, like, you, until, until it... 
soothes what you Until it's talking to you in the form of a... Until <laughs> it's talking to you in the form of a snake. Like, not intentionally, <laughs> yeah. but what's in, like, the forefront, <clears throat> like, what's in front of my face or, like, is quite literally the literal. Like, I'm not very great at reading the Bible for all the symbolism. I read it for the literal. And so when I... Often when I read the Bible, I'm like, nothing sticking out to me. It's just a story because I kind of read it front to back. Like, okay, great. Like, da, 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 go what, on with my life. What is your life other than a story? Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, if you were to reta- if you were to recount all the events of your life to your to your children, what is that other than a story and also reality? Right. Which is why when people are like, I'm called to this or I'm called to that, like, I actually super struggle with it because I'm like, my life is just my life. <laughs> like, I don't... Well, I think that's something we have in common when we talk about our life. It's like, okay, God's going to bless me or curse me when no matter where I go. And so I can choose to go in this in... in understanding of who he is and him bless me in it or go against what I know I ought to be doing. Because there's one thing, it's either go with me, like with him in my heart, or or go without me and you're going to be cursed. Mm-hmm. Like things are not going to go well. It's like, are you who is who is he in you in this moment? So when you go with God when raising our kids, when when walking a direction, you're going with him. So it doesn't matter where you go as long as you're going with him within you. Where if you're going without him within you, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And so your understanding of 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 where you go and where you feel called. It's like, oh, I feel called to this. It's like. Yeah, but couldn't you go a different direction? Is God still be with you? Like, are, is he with you or not? Is he blessing your steps or not? Like, are, 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 if you're if your understanding of who he is and, and all this stuff and, and how you ought to live is in the right path, then where you go, he will be with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. But I think that you can also make wrong steps. Oh yeah, no, no. But that's but that's when but you're, the, you're, you're the out, moment, then you're out of step. Yeah. But the moment that he's with you is when he works it to to good. When there's yeah. like when when there's a sudden change in direction, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm back on God's path. Yeah. Even though you're different than the direction you would have been if you'd made a different choice. Yeah. Like three years ago. Yeah. Maybe you're like a wholly different place, but you've been able to. He's been able to work this new direction that you've taken back into his will. But that does come... Almost like he works all things together for his good. Yeah. But that that comes only with submission and repentance. That's true. Yeah. Because you need... Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I agree with that. Or or with your destruction <laughs> towards other people's good. Yeah, that's right. All things towards his it good. It might not and be even... to your good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always a good thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, back to to the to symbolism. We use symbolic language all the time. All the time. Like when I say I love my son with all my heart, you don't mean it. Do I? Do I mean that my heart is like my my muscle in the in the center of my chest is the place from all my feelings emanate? And or is it every, your prefrontal cortex where your actual <laughs> and, feelings <laughs> and every and every molecule within it is somehow bent towards his good? Oh. No, that isn't what I mean. Look at all these right. red blood cells. Look at all of them. Yeah. So like it's, there's it's a vast a s- difference between <laughs> our physical scientific heart 
and the and hearts. Her, and her spiritual heart. But, and the hearts we draw from Valentine's Day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're that's, very different shapes. Exactly. That's, and entities, that's, like... So that's both symbolic language and imagery that communicates something deeper and other than the plain scientific literal reading of it right. to yeah. words. And we understand via context. Yeah. Because... It, it, well, look at our, our culture even. They're like, oh, I love you with all my heart. It's like, what does that mean to you? It's like, what? I'm sorry. Those words to a song. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. And it's like, no, there, there's more to it if you actually look at the prefrontal cortex where the emotions actually come from. It's like, oh, my heart has nothing to do with it. It's yeah. just if a we muscle. Were, if we were going to speak scientifically, we would say, like, I love you with all my brain. <laughs> What? No, 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 no. A small portion at the front section Sorry. of the brain. I love you with. I love you with a small portion <laughs> at the front section of my brain. A little piece at the base of my brain, at the top of my spinal column, and a large portion of this, my gut, of my gut flora, which actually reacts to my brain. Right, this hand right. and this vortex, and right. <laughs> so that would be that would be the literal reading of it. Yeah. Or you could say, "I love you with my heart," and people would understand what you mean exact, even if it meant no yeah, it's literal not sense. Right. It's not true it's not correct we need to <laughs> like i guess that's the, the difficult the part the about water. the way the bible is formatted is that you get psalms and proverbs which um the lines are more poetic because they're well they're even, shorter even, even genesis was written with a lot of poetry we just don't recognize it for what it well, is be- because the language barriers that we have between the i mean i've heard a lot of people say like in response to that like no like by any by any metric Genesis is prose, therefore it means it's literal. But th- like, as if, as if prose can't have symbol symbolism, or even the <laughs> like word it's... literal doesn't mean what we think it does. Oh yeah, no, it doesn't. Because like, what we're doing right now as an examination of context, of what's figurative and what is like maybe fact or something literal. like that, literal is all within the realm of literal. That is all within the realm of literal study. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the, okay, the, what do we mean by that? I don't want to, I, I realize there's a lot of hand gestures and a lot of facial, and the <laughs> yeah. tone that we're trying to put. Think of the, the um, uh, what's the word, uh, etymology of the word literal. Literary. Literary. Yeah. All, all elements of symbolism, of metaphor, of fact, of what is uh, suggestive truth, what is suggestion all of these things actually reside within the realm of literacy of literacy yeah and literalness the words on the paper equal their meaning yeah well that's yeah. the thing like you're like okay this is literal it's like okay what do you mean by literal do you yeah. mean literal like, like if, written down because that is what literal that is what it means. means like if you were to say if i write anything down right. it could be garbage yeah. but it's still literal because i wrote it down look yeah, exactly. i fucking wrote it if you're to say <laughs> i think genesis is symbolic is symbolic language that falls within the realm of literal. If you're to say, I think Revelation is an apocalyptic dream, in which case, like, in which lots of things symbolize different things, that is also literal. Yes. <laughs> you're also making a it's, literal reading. It's because reading. we have a misunderstanding of the word literal. So yeah. if we can't even agree on the, uh, the, the, the terminology, we're going to get lost in the weeds and it really sucks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so it's one of those things that it transcends a lot of stuff, but at the same time, people make a lot of, they make a lot of hay out of literal language saying it's untrue. 
if you say something is symbolic, it means you're saying it's a lie. Yeah. That is a false dichotomy. Oh, it is a fallacy to mm. the nth degree. Like some things are truer than true. And like the, parables are truer than true. They're truer than true. You know, like is you can say something like, so if I were to, if I were to rewrite Genesis from a scientific standpoint to try and make sure everything is crystal clear, I might say something like, and on the first day, well, which was symbolized even, even, as a million years, even just years, with this, I might God say, God created flora instead of plants. Yeah, I might say like you know, and you know, and a divine being that appeared but not appeared in a very translucent way came and implanted thoughts via her <laughs> via her own inner her, monologue her really now That's we know the you're thing, full though, of shit is that you would lose people yeah you would lose people but if you say she encountered a snake in the garden and that snake said to her is it really true that god said you're not allowed to eat any trees all of a sudden you're caught into the story and you're yeah. understanding like something here that is slippery something here that is scary like conniving think, think venom right yeah it's coming here and it is implanting an idea in our protagonist that is going to set up the drama for the rest of the story like all of a sudden without even thinking about it you understand where this is going yeah and the snake is an important symbol here because like what happens when you're bit by a venomous snake uh, you're as good as dead, but you're not dead yet. <laughs> I was going to say, right? You become life. afraid. Right? Like, okay, so let's say a cobra sneaks in this room right now and bites you. You can say, frick. Like, there's no way. First, I'd be like, okay, it depends. First, I'd be like, how do I get the snake off of me? Uh-huh. And then I would say, how do I get the poison out of me? Because I don't want it to make me sick. Oh, exactly. But there's no way to get the poison out of you without an antidote. Do we have an antidote near us? Like, if if that was to happen right now, would you have any chance of survival? (laughs) How poisonous are cobras? Okay, well... This is information I don't retain. But I'd probably actually try to suck on the bite and pull the venom out. Well, that's proven to be ineffective. (laughs) Very, 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 very thoroughly. I would still try. You would still try. But, like, if you were struck by... A venomous, a venomous enough snake when, like, let's say a thousand years ago, like before we knew how to make anti-venoms or anything like that, mm-hmm. you're as good as dead or as good as mortally, mortally wounded. Like you may lose an arm over this or- ordeal. It would change Or die, you. yeah. It would change you fundamentally, mm-hmm. but not instantaneously. It would take time for that venom to work through your body to cause the corruption enough and needed in order to cause you to die. It's not like getting shot in the head. Right. Thank you, past homo sapiens, for exactly. your <laughs> scientific research. Now, when God said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. A lot of people say like, oh, what bull crap. And like, why would God say that when you're obviously not going to die? But at the same time, if you if you're bit by a snake, you're dead, but not dead yet. And that is the exact predicament that humanity itself is in prior to Christ. Yeah. Right? The venom is in the body. It is doing its work, it is doing its corruption. You are not dead yet, but you're also dead. 
Yeah, because at the time of Adam and Eve, there was no Christ. It was just God. Which really, to them, was like a figment of their imagination almost. Because <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't I mean, in some ways, to see on, to see. <sighs> so we're, we're talking about how... Yeah, no, no, I, I got caught up pretty quick. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, when you're struck by a snake, you're... Like yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're dead, dead, but you're not, not dead, dead yet. yet. But yeah. that is the exact predicament that humanity was in after they ate of the fruit. Because yeah. like God said to them, if you eat of the fruit, you will die. Yeah, and not to say immediate, but you will die. You will die. The corruption is in. So yeah. in that way, the symbol of a snake and its venom through this bite, like it gives us the image we need to understand the predicament we're in. Yeah. We are dead men and women walking. Yeah, we are. We are. Well, humanity is an STD, sexually transmitted disease with ter- like util- terminal consequence. We are going to die and in we are produced sexually. That's <laughs> technically true. Last right. year or whatever, the kids, our kids were in dance and it was like a hip hop number. And I can't even remember. I want to say it was Phil Wickham, but it might have been a no, different no, artist. No, no, somebody else. Maybe it was Toby Mac. Well, I don't know. Mike. But the song goes, I was a dead man walking. Yeah. I think in songs. So he said dead man walking and yeah. I was like. And there, and there, yeah, there you are. So like. Regardless of whether this happened completely as a made-up story or whether this this garden narrative happened, like, very factually, and if you were there, you would see a snake talking to Eve. Regardless, reading it, you know that we're in mortal, we're in mortal danger here yeah. because the venom is in, the fix is in. Uh, yeah, death mm. is coming. So symbolism is, again, it is symbolism but also fundamentally true. Regardless yep. of your position on what I Genesis don't remember means. who said it is is, is uh, some philosopher of some kind said we are all dying, and we are from the moment of birth we are all mm-hmm. dying. And I mean, yeah, and we are all coming at a different uh, different speed. Some of us faster than others. Well, simultaneously, we are we are facing death. And are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you faced? Have you stood up for what you need to stand up for in the moment? And, and are you living the life worth living? And so when facing death intentionally, have you done all that you know you ought to do? Because we are. We're all dying. It's the same with, with Adam and Eve. Have they done all that they were called to do? I'd say they were like they were charged with they were charged with fulfilling the world multiplying. Yep. So they did what they were supposed. They to They had do. two sons. That's it. That's all the Bible talks about. It's yeah. obvious. Well, I mean, but <laughs> Abra- Abraham Cain. Abraham was told his son would would bring them. The you ent- you skip past Cain. So Cain, Adam and Eve had two sons, and then Cain oh, went to the city that's, where there was many. <laughs> so that's that's another a good point on the uh, symbolism on the symbolism aspect of this. Like yeah, every every word in this part of the Bible has packed depth to it. Oh, yeah. So in in this... Was it written with depth or have people pulled the depth out of it I, I really think it was written with depth. Okay. So, like, it was said, the serpent came and he was the wisest of all the beasts of the field. So later in the Cain and Abel scenario... God confronts confronts 
Cain about his growing animosity to his brother prior to him murdering him. He says, Cain, sin is at your doorstep. It is crouching and looking to overtake you. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about Cain, Cain, sorry, not Cain, Cain taking Abel into the field, Mm -hmm. the place where the wisest of the serpents comes. Mm -hmm. And in the field, the place where that serpent dwells is the place where he let it overtake him and kill his brother. Mm -hmm. That was the first example of death in the world. So the idea that it happened in a field is not a coincidence. Did you grow up in the the prairies? No, you you grew up here. Did, Did you ever hang out in fields and stuff like that? Like near ponds and near any of that stuff, there was always snakes. When where I grew up, if you were in the field, there was there was always wildlife. There was always snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know all about fields. Uh, yeah, I was just like it just reminded me of that. I'm like, yeah, I I grew up a rural boy, not a city boy. That's right. Uh, yeah. So no, to be in the rural, to be in the country, to be in the plains, especially the plains, there were snakes. It was just normal. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's neat that the symbolism is there that the, the snake came from the field into the garden to disrupt them and brought them out into the field. And then even further that Cain took him further away from the, from the garden. And that's where he succumbed to sin, succumbed to the dragon and kind of became the dragon himself in killing his brother. The first instance of death recorded in the Bible. And I, I believe, I believe that's where we got the inspiration for Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I what if, what hate... of our pastors actually recently spoke about <laughs> Cain and Abel. And they were saying how Cain, Cain was the one that was killed, right? Yeah. Abel was. Abel was. Abel, Abel was, was killed. killed. Okay, so Abel actually gave of his... First fruits. Of his first fruits. So basically, it was essentially a tithe. Whereas Cain kind of gave when it was convenient. I disagree. Oh. 100%. Like, it talks about Cain giving the first fruits of his of his crops and... Sorry, Abel giving first fruits of his crops and Cain giving of his... Uh, sorry... Abel giving of his first of his livestock. Yeah, Abel. Abel was livestock. Cain was uh, of crops. Cain was of crops. The idea there is like the crops are a vital part of Old Testament worship and sacrifice. Most Hmm. of the sacrifices that the Israelites are commanded to give to to the temple, to the tabernacle, all that in the law of Moses almost all grain offerings. Grain offerings accompanied to animal fat and, and meal offerings, those are the thing together that I that account for all of the atonement that they need. They work in concert with one another. Right. So one was bringing one, one was bringing the other, as is the order that the Torah calls for. Okay, and it says, mm-hmm. and uh, where was it? For Cain and his offerings, he had no regard. So Cain... Uh, well, read earlier. Oh, sorry, sorry. And Abel uh, also brought his firstborn to the flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for the offering, 
for Cain gave his offering. So it doesn't actually talk about... Do you need to read further? I'm going further ahead. Go ahead. Further ahead or even pre... Yeah. So Maybe the so the idea us. that there's a that there's a fundamental difference between a blood sacrifice and a grain sacrifice in their value to God isn't that doesn't play out in the Torah at all. So like if you're if you're saying well well he brought technically the right thing, it matters about his heart. And later on in the in the Bible, even when it gets to like Micah and stuff like that, God is saying to Israelites to the prophets, I don't care about your your fat, I don't care about your bulls, I don't care about your lambs. All I want is your heart, damn it. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, so it's like even the thing. The spirit in which they bring yeah, it even, in. Yeah, even the thing that that Abel b- brought apart from his heart isn't enough. I hate to be the devil's advocate. Are you advocate. going against Devin on this one? Yes, I hate to be oh. the devil's advocate, not that I, <clears throat> I'm not going with you either. Don't get your hopes up. I believe that it was necessary regardless of first fruit, second fruit, uh, heart, whatnot. I I believe Cain could have done it in the best possible spirits, but God used this as an example of I'm going to look favorably on some and not on others. And you just said he has um, supremacy. Uh, What do they call it? Um, Wow, I use this word all the time and it's really escaping me. It's really frustrating. Sovereignty. He has sovereignty. He's going to look favorably and you just need to be okay with that. And Cain wasn't okay with that. He said, I look favorably on this one. This one's good. Cain's is good. This one I'm just looking favorably upon. Above yours. Nothing wrong with it. I'm just looking favorably. Where the I'm, Bible isn't actually I'm taught. not disagreeing with you on that one. I'm yeah. making I'm making inferences based on the rest of the Torah. Yeah. Which I believe was written before Genesis. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I when I say but, but I don't, his, his, I don't I, I'm saying his sacrifice was good. I'm not saying I'm saying when God looked upon it. I'm saying Cain had no influence on whether or not it was good or bad. God just chose, and he chose. I, I disagree he, with that one because he chose how he reacted to it. Is what the, I'm saying. No, Cain reacted in th- whatever way. The, the rest of the Bible disagrees with you there, or so really? the rest of the Old Testament, because God is constantly asking for your heart as well as your sacrifice. Yeah, but like that but is. Th- but then, but then we have to do the same thing when it comes to people who choose religiosity over inspiration, because we look at inspira- inspired hearts and be like, look at their heart. Mm, but no. Then, but then you look at religiosity and you say, okay, well their heart's not in; they're just doing as they feel compelled. Okay. But I feel like your heart means a lot. No, no, no. It's, compl- uh, it's, being compelled means a lot. It's comp- It's complementary. Like even in in Psalm fifty one, I think it is when God says, "Like I, de- I I desire your repentance, I desire your contrition, I desire your heart over obedience." No, no, no. It says, "And then I desire your obedience." Hmm. It's, oh, so, so so it's it's not it's it's in comp it's in it's, uh, it's in like your heart has to precede your obedience. But if your heart is there and your obedience isn't, your heart is worth yeah, shit. Yeah, but what if your obedience is there and your heart is not there? Well, if you're like, the... I don't care about my heart, but I know what is right, so I'm going to do it regardless Then you're of in that. trouble. Interesting. So. But, okay, so. Hmm. I'm half listening, half thinking. <laughs> I know the feeling. I do it all the time. <laughs> I feel like. 
there's also the verse where your treasure is, there is your, like where your heart is, there's your treasure, right? Mm-hmm. So say you make $2,000 and if you pay all your bills first and then you pay your tithe, your 10%, and it's, so that would be $200. Mm-hmm. If you pay all your bills first and then you tithe, it feels more sacrificial because you've depleted your, your storehouse. Yeah, but you bought you. And then you gave. I, I would argue against that because sometimes it's like, I gave and now I don't have enough for all my bills. <laughs> okay, but that. Right, like one it, is more of a sacrifice than the other. It depends on your order. It's all right? a sacrifice. So if your heart <laughs> is for, for the Lord and you're like, I give to him first because that's where your heart is, then in a way, if you think of just the mm. dollar amount, if you give to the Lord first and tithe first, it feels sometimes less sacrificial because you're not caring for yourself first. You're caring for the Lord first. So you, you know, when you look at, okay, two grand in your bank account yeah. and then you take out 200 and you're left with 1800 and then you pay your bills. It feels like less sacrificial because it's like, okay, I have $1,800 to pay my bills versus mm-hmm. I've paid all my bills. Now I can give two hundred dollars yeah. to the Lord. So that's the longest. It so hurts. it's kind of a priority. It's order. gotta hurt. It's just gotta hurt. Yeah. So in that way, yeah, it's gotta hurt. But there's also another <laughs> aspect. There's also another aspect to it. If you go through all that rig and roll and make it hurt to the point where you're tithing out of, say, your spice rack. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah, you're yeah. giving it your all and making sure that your sacrifice hurts. Yeah. And, oh yeah. I hear. I hear you going. You, Come on at the same time won't confess of your sin i think god's going to look at all that a- a- that effort you put yeah but into i think god will look offering. at my tithing he will look at my tithing and be like it's all good man nope. you got meaningless, this meaningless meaningless <laughs> right everything is meaningless now, be like no nope, that's you, wrong but like, what are you trying to buy me off yeah that's right like are you trying to buy me off and yeah. at the same time you think your works are you're, fucking you're, enough you're, you're sitting there and you're not broken over your sin and asking for forgiveness? Just because you're wealthy, you think you could mean you could sin more? Right? Like, you, don't worry, I can afford this. Grace. Oh. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Because it hurts all the time. <laughs> so, in, in that aspect, like, it's worth more to grow with real contrition than it is to go just being like trying to hit your numbers yeah, or trying to hit your, trying to hit your calf count or your fat count or your, your grain count. Come on. So that's, that's the point that I was trying to get to is there's something about Cade that is lacking contrition. I think it's yes and. And Yes and, sure. But I'll give it a yes and because I, I have I have compassion for it because God still had the capability to speak to Cain and yes, him to respond. But that's where it's revealed. Yeah. That's where it's revealed. It's like, hey, sin's crouching at your doorstep. I know it's there and you're not dealing with it. You can but give he, in but, to it or you won't. But even after he struck Cain, even after his fall, God spoke with him. And it's really fucking frustrating because <laughs> I don't get that same. And level what did he engagement. say? You're cast and out. My, yeah, yeah, no, but he still talked to him. Still talks to him more than he talks to me. Really frustrating. But at the same time, does he though? I f- I feel like he does. Well, simultaneously, but I don't I don't know the whole story. 
that might have been the last time you spoke to him. Again, again, you're trying to look at it very literally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't the Bible a Or sorry, you're so trying that? to look at it very like uh, factually of this has oh, how oh, it happened rather than looking like. No, no, it is literal. It is literal of our understanding of it. It is literally written yeah. down. This is what it says. Sorry, it but, does not speak of him. Like, like, but, but you're... You're 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 taking out of it the mm-hmm. potential symbolism or ex- extrapolation. Being yeah. like, well, he talked to Abel. Why doesn't he talk to me? Well, no, that's so, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that he he may have talked to him and then never talked to him again. Like that might have been it. Could you mm-hmm. imagine having that that level of withdrawn of like, okay, cool, that way, you'll be good. Like I'm, but, but that way, and you're just being withdrawn having that presence having that that divinity uh a void from you mm-hmm. i don't have that yep you don't have that i'm, I'm blessed there's there's a connection that we have with god that ain't that able sorry cain did not and cain experienced it in a way that that we couldn't he experienced the loss like there's yeah that's what i mean there's, what there's I mean some it. thought that like we we think of the fall of man being the eating of the fruit i th- the greater fall i think could have been Cain and Abel yes cuz that was actually like Cain like uh sorry Adam and Eve they fell from they fell from they, they fell from ignorance i'm they, sorry yeah, they, they fell they, from ignorance they fell from ignorance they fell from eden where Cain, Cain and Abel and, fall Cain from and Abel, they already saw what their parents went through and then came to the scenario where one of them murdered the other. So like that's the that fall was, from innocence. That was actually, that wasn't the fall from innocence. That was actually the first sin. That's what I mean. Like they, they, they knew better at this point. Okay, we've yeah. seen so what this is. Adam, Adam and Eve, they fell from innocence. No, no, the, 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 from, from ignorance. <laughs> no, no, they... They fell from ignorance and innocence, okay. like to the point where Adam and Eve knew the consequences. Yeah. They knew what the score was. And yet one of them was like, even though I know that this is going against God, I am choosing out of pursuing my own, out of pursuing my own passions in this moment to actually kill you. Yeah. That was, and that was a, that was a fundamental moment for humanity. That was the second fall. Yeah. I would argue they didn't fully know the consequence. Well, no one, then Adam and Eve couldn't either. No, God told them they would surely <coughs> die. Yeah, but, but they, they don't they know didn't what the know word what that, die they means. They didn't know what that means. Exactly. Well, sorry. Okay, so, I guess they were seeing it to fulfillment. That was the fulfillment of. That's what I mean like, when I was talking about ignorance. Moses and the Israelites, like God gave them rules of what they needed to obey, but he didn't tell them in the moment. Like, these are your consequences if you disobey. But in the end, right, like they were sent to the desert for 40 years. And if they had obeyed, they probably wouldn't have been. You so, see, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the, I, I, I struggle with that one. Which one? The the 40 years in the desert, the uh, disciples falling asleep, the Adam mm. and Eve story. I do not believe the story could have progressed without them doing so. They needed to go through this in order, and I hate to put people in that. Well, that's that scenario. That's what, of, that's what every critic of the story is allowed to say, but the characters in the story still experience it. Yes, no, and that's why I don't want to just like just be like, oh yeah, they needed to. It's like yeah. uh, I feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> but they, my they, point because they experienced is it that still. um, 
I feel like I was reading something and it said something about God's discipline. And I realized like God disciplines, but he just says, do this or like in the Old Testament anyways, he often said, do this or else, but he didn't actually say what the consequence was. It was when they sinned or once they, when they didn't obey, then he showed them what the consequence was, but they didn't go into it always knowing the consequence throughout the whole Old Testament. Well, from Adam and Eve to, right? I, I like think he of said, Jonah and surely, the whale. Surely they would die. I think but of Jonah and the whale. E- did Eve know that from thenceforth, um, women would have pain through labor? Yeah, but no. But maybe she, she didn't, didn't understand the full extent. Maybe if she fully understood, she keep in line and we wouldn't no, have no I've, I've met enough women that i know that eventually you know? one of them would just maybe men wouldn't have to work so hard if adam fully realized the consequences no, of, of letting his woman talk to a snake it's like when we parent and say you'll well, pay or but the consequences differ on how you the consequences differ on how you break a rule right like because she was defending the faith she yeah. was trying yeah. No, I'm going to give credit to Eve. She was trying. It's She's like, like a, no. It's like a white lie versus a big lie, right? Like the yeah. consequence varies and, depending and on think, how bad the sin is. And I Still think the, the text itself like does kind of give her an out by like coming and saying, listen, this this creature here is the most clever of them all. Like it went in with malice and intent to deceive. Yeah. And did it in a clever way that any person could fall into. And in fact, every person does fall into. You're no different than Eve. Yeah. You're no different than Eve than thinking killing Abel will give me satisfaction and make these feelings go away. (laughs) You're no different than Eve in saying that I really, really want to cheat on this test in order to get the result and without putting in the work. You're no different than Eve in any given way in which the intrusive thought in you that gives you the easy way out to try and achieve the greater good through a lesser good happens. And in that way, we all encounter snakes. In that way, we all encounter talking dragons Mm -hmm. that are pulling us away from the straight and narrow through a corruption not to do the wrong thing in order to get the good thing through the wrong means. Well, thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Sorry, Devin, not Jordan Peterson. Sorry. Uh, thank you, John <laughs> Chrysostom. <laughs> thank you, all the people that Jordan Peterson is aping. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we are, we are fucking at three hours. Ah, it is midnight. Doesn't that just mean it's a good podcast episode? It does. It really does. Well, simultaneously. Are you going to have to split it in two? No. Fuck that. I don't have to work next month. People can pause on their apps. Yeah. Take your time. Sorry. If we say take your time now, it's already too late. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have one more symbolism thing to throw in and then we'll just cut it off. So, you know, in the curses part of Genesis 3. Yes. Where... It says, like, to this to the serpent, like, on your belly you will crawl, and yeah. of the dust of the earth you will eat. Yeah. So, this, right after that, he tells Adam, of dust you were made, and of dust you will return. So, what is it that, this, that the serpent is eating? 
It's not like ancient people were like, I think snakes eat dirt. They all saw them eating sna- eating their rabbits, eating their chickens, eating yeah, yeah. eating Insects. mice in the field. Yeah. It's not like it's not like people used to think that serpents they, subsided on dirt. Like that is the element. They, they that, literally smelt through their tongue and they knew that because that's how <laughs> Right. Like that right there is a is a is another symbolism note to know that the the enemy, Satan itself, is going to is to feed on death. Is going to feed on death. Yeah, it itself, Hades, is going to consume you and try and bring you into uncreation. Huh. That like it's it's so that's another clue that it's more than just a, a zoological animal. And the the thing is, they it's the personification of Hades the, and hell. We know this now as as cultured people, as even people within the last 50, 60 years, that snakes literally feed on dirt. Like they, they, when they stick out their tongue, they're actually, they're tasting the air and they're, they're actually smelling. That's yeah, their, that's, their, that's that's their, their way, way of smelling. Of seeking prey. And they knew that back then. They had a... a, a a not a grasp, but a hey, this is a thing. Bam, Bible says it. But did they know? Did they know the scientific understanding of it? I don't think so. I don't think that. But I think I think that they knew enough to know that snakes actually feed on animals, and that this story in the Bible is telling us something different by saying it feeds of the dust of the ground, and then saying men will become dust of the ground. It's saying that Oof. this this particular serpent is feeding on death. I I I I want to agree while disagree. One, I want to disagree with the um, notion that they understood it because I think it goes a little deeper than they could could understand. While simultaneously, it reveals a deeper truth of what they were saying, whether or not they knew they were saying it. That's okay. all. I, I want to give more credit to the. I th- I th- I really think they knew this was symbolism. Like, what? I'm hoping. I'm what? hoping. Okay. I, I really desire it, but I don't know if they they could. Who, who wrote the Torah? As far it, as we know, Moses. Okay, as far as we know, Moses. What image does Pharaoh use to represent himself? Uh, he uses the snake. He uses the cobra. He uses the cobra. Like, a very imposing, very what, like, like just very. Imp- yeah. And so what place in the hierarchy of gods does Pharaoh place himself? I, uh, second to, like, just he was a god. He a was, god. he was a god or the son of a god. He was the seed of the devil. Yeah. And in the curses part, it says to the woman, your seed will be at enmity, or sorry, your seed will crush the seed of the snake. Mm-hmm. So. See, uh, th- what, it, what I'm saying, uh, I think it's prophetic more than anything else. Oh, prophetic. That's a great word. That's what I, that's what I mean, what they didn't know what they were saying. Yes. Not, not so much that they, I think it was more prophetic than literal. I don't think they actually understood what they were saying, but they were saying it, not knowing that it was a prophetic thing that they were saying. That's what I mean when I was saying it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I misunderstood, like misconstrued, yeah. what I was trying to. Oh yeah. So I think prophetic is a great way to describe it. And I, but, yeah. but I think it was like, I had an I have a feeling that it was more than just like, 
like we're talking about an actual like slithery around animal. I, I think they knew more because like when when Moses was writing this after literally dealing with a person who's dressed up as a snake who calls himself a god. Yeah. And then says, you know, then says in recounting the image of story that a snake came to the yeah to the thing. I think that like there's more than a little correlation there. Oh, it's, very like yeah. Right. So Moses wasn't dumb. No. By he was far, the most humble person in the world. Just ask him. Just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Moses Moses wasn't dumb. His followers weren't dumb. His his priests weren't dumb. No. But they're also prophetic because it's also yeah. there's also an element to it that is continually built upon through the entire corpus of the Bible. Yeah. All the way to the very end. And like when when you read Revelations twelve and thirteen, the the entire drama is about a serpent and his bestial children harrying the woman who is the new Eve mm-hmm. and her son who is the Messiah. Yeah. And it talks about the new beast speaking as a serpent. Yeah. So there's a prophetic element of it that speaks towards Christ in a way they could never have known. Yeah. And that that's that's what I mean when I said they did not know. I wasn't yeah. trying to discredit. I was saying they were speaking on things they could not yeah. know. They could not know and they could know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's like the they were like, like, hey, this means something. We don't know what, yeah. but it means right. something. Like they could see in the image of a serpent and of a dragon a fundamental pattern that made sense to them then and continued to prove true yeah. through to the final pages of the writing of the Bible. Yeah. And that, that's, I, like I said, yeah. Prophetic. That's Prophetic. a great word. Yeah. Boom, schwang. All right. It is fucking three hours and 11 minutes, and I know we're going to cut it down because we have a little bit of an intro problem there. <sighs> You're welcome. Yes. Thank, thank you. you, Amanda. Amanda, <laughs> not stoner Amanda, the fact that you thought of this, and I'm like, we need to discuss this much further. <laughs> there is, because there's so much more than just being like, yeah, this is a cool story. Like, yeah, like wait, a snake, snake is talking? That's fine. Where do we go with that? And the fact is, like, the Bible gives us a lot to go on. A lot to it's go on. It's crazy and amazing. It took us two and a half hours to get there. <laughs> well, yeah, I understand if it's symbolism, but at the same time, if it was unusual for a snake to talk, I think Eve would have been like, wait, what? Holy fuck, a talking snake? Yeah. Versus but, just like, oh, yeah, like, let me just talk back to him. But for a woman who who spoke with God in the garden, would it be that weird to talk with an angel? And and, and let's remember, it was a woman. So does she really know better? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Michael, <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch tonight. You won't actually, but it's uh, fun to say it. It's fun to say it. It's a joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would never. Yep. Int- Hormones are not a part of that conversation. Ah, <laughs> oh, just the Maybe funny. The I hope, <laughs> I hope you all got that it was a joke. If you didn't, well, fucking get over it. If I'm sorry, if, if you didn't, if you part, didn't catch the joke, then you tuned out of this two hours ago. You need to know Mike and Amanda much better. Uh, all right, people. We, we got to call this. Other, we're going to keep do on going. Do you got any final words? Nothing. Nope. Amanda, thank you. Do you have anything you would like to leave? No. Send your kids outside. I just got to say, I'm really grateful that you're not fasting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more fun. Thank you.
Uh, I'm happy to be back, and uh, we will continue making some great episodes. Enjoy. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Devin. God bless. Peace out.